All right, guys, we got a fun episode coming at you. Kind of teased it on Facebook the other day, but uh, we sit down with our buddies Mark and Tom, who are some of our main fishing buddies that we go out with a lot. These are the guys that we went to the Taquamina River with last year, and we're going to be going on that same trip with them later this year. So looking forward to that. It was a great episode. We had a ton of fun just kind of sitting back, drinking some beers, talking fishing, telling stories. Man, it, it's uh, you're going to like it. You're going to love this episode. So be sure to comment along. Let us know uh, what you think of the episode. If you have any questions for those guys, because um, they are super knowledgeable, especially in the bass scene. They know a lot more about bass than we do, but... Uh, let us know about that. I want to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor, Fishing Complete Inc. Uh, I got some firsthand experience the other day with Mark. Mark and I went out to Lake St. Clair targeting some smallies, and man, did we crush it. So obviously the pintail worm, we talked about that. I used that on a drop shot rig, caught a couple on that, even used it on a Ned rig. and actually worked really good on a Ned rig. Pretty pretty cool to see. And then Mark was crushing it on the, um, it was uh, one of the worms from the zipper worm, uh, company, which is also part of the fishing completing family, gave him a couple of the worms. He was throwing it on a drop shot rig and he was killing it. Ended up catching the biggest of the day. It was just over six pounds. Pretty cool. Really cool to see some of these baits in action. I know we were using them for walleye pretty heavily, but to actually see some of the action in that clear water, see the fish react to it. They've got some great stuff. So I'm really looking forward to using that throughout the summer. But again, get um, get on their website, fishingcompleting.com. And use code TERRIBLE, all capital letters, code TERRIBLE, you get 20% off your order and save a little bit of money. But they've got some great stuff. We'll be highlighting that more as we um, use it throughout the summer. But I've got some, again, first-hand experience on the pintail and the uh, that worm from Zipper Worm. So I'll find it on their website and I'll get it linked in the bio of this. Really, really cool stuff. And then obviously they have the Wacky Toolkit that's out right now. It's a great starter kit. If you haven't Wacky fished before... Um, this is the way to go. It comes with a little box, comes with all the hooks you need, the tool, the O-rings, and then a bunch of worms at a great price. And then even better, you can use that code TERRIBLE and get 20% off of that. So if you're just new to the Wacky rigging, using uh, Senkos or the Wacky Jacks, things like that, get this starter kit. Even if you're not new to it, I mean, it's a great price for just a whole bunch of uh, different things. Like I said, if you need O-rings, if you need a new tool, if you need anything like that, get this kit, um, get 20% off by using code terrible and get yourself set up for the summer. So, um, and then last, but certainly not least, I've got a kind of an announcement. I teased on Facebook the other day, kind of around the swag stuff. I've had everybody asking, um, about when some new things are coming for swag. Most people have already gotten their, their shirts and their koozies and things of that nature. And everybody's been asking for hats. So I'm here to tell you that hats are coming. We kind of procured, um, uh, a few few hats right now just as a as a test run our buddy Keith Stanton from pikespearing.com he's going to be making them up for us they look great but we got a uh, a few colors there just uh, as we were kind of checking out the different hats and uh, so we got a few things we're going to be giving away so at the start of this uh, um, we're going to be doing a giveaway I'll, I'll get a post out there on Facebook kind of at the same time of posting this episode so if you hear this get on Facebook make sure you um, like the post and Share our page. That's all you got to do. You'll get entered in to win one of the hats. I'm going to do three different drawings uh, throughout over the, probably the next couple weeks and month, giving away some of these hats. But the hats will be on the site here shortly. I'm working with Keith on getting um, a decent amount of inventory before we launch them so I have enough for everybody. 
So once we have those, we'll get those launched on the website, but I'll at least get the hats posted so you can kind of see the different options that we're going to have. And you'll see the ones that are going to be part of the giveaway. So pretty excited about that. I know a lot of people have been looking for that. So other than that, that's all I got, guys. Uh, be sure to like this this episode, um, leave us a review, and be sure to follow along. So if you're listening on Spotify, podcast, or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, whatever you're listening to, be sure to like the page, click follow. That way, as soon as we drop a new episode, you get alerted when there's a new episode that's dropping. So that's all I got. And uh, you guys enjoy this episode. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of it. If you have any questions for, for Mark and Tom, again, they're a wealth of knowledge. Let us know. We got some Q and A sessions we're going to be coming up because we we have been getting a decent amount of questions coming through. You got any questions or you got a topic you want us to talk about, especially the controversial ones? You know Bob likes that. Just send us a, an email or send us a, a message on Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll get that rolled into some of these upcoming uh, like Q and A episodes that we're going to be putting together. So just be sure to let us know and uh, enjoy this episode, guys. This is Keith Stan from Pike Spearing Outdoors, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. We're probably going to mess up. We're going to cuss here and there. If I'm not catching anything, I might as well not be catching a muskie. Hey, Rick. We got weights and fish. Danny Irvin with Fishing Complete. You're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. <laughs> Mr. Green Jeans. That's a humble bumble. Hi, this is Spencer Berman from Spencer's Angling Adventures, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Snort. Right, welcome to the Terrible Outdoors and Podcast. Got Ryan Collin, your host. Yo, 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 what up for show? Bob Tastic. Bob Tastic. Bob Tastic. Bob Tastic Collinator. Yeah. Who else we got? We got Mark Kane, professional home inspector, fisherman, and hunter. <laughs> there, there you go. Man that does it all. So Mark is back. He was on episode like six, oh, yeah, I think. Six. Something like that. It's episode six. We'll look that up and we'll confirm that episode six. And we got a newbie. Yeah, Tom Toland. Tom Toland. What's up, Tom? Tell everybody about Tom yourself. Tastic. Tom Tastic. We got well, Bob Tastic and Tom Tastic. Yeah. Well, I moved up here nine years ago after visiting for nine days of fishing. Went home to yep. California and go told the wife, pack up, we're moving. We're moving to Michigan. <laughs> all, dude, all he had to say was California. Three months it? later, I was living in Michigan. <laughs> Yep, that's all you had to say. If I lived in California and I visited Michigan, yeah, I'd be moving out of California with a quickness too. Yeah, best I, decision I don't even, ever made. I don't even want to go to California. I don't. Sorry either. if we have any Californian listeners. I don't want to go to your state. You know, I bet there's good and bad things about California. I'm sure that there's like I, I, I always see those massive bass that they're pulling out of some of those lakes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen them. I mean, I grew up out there. It was great in the '80s. Then I got out of the army, and the nineties just kept going downhill from there, and I had to get out. It yeah. was killing me. Yeah. Welcome to Michigan. Nine years you've been here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The first trip we took him on was St. Clair, and he, he had like oh, fuck. five I, species fish. He yeah. caught that day. It just blew his mind. Oh yeah. That's all you got. <laughs> you want anybody to stay in Michigan? Take him to St. Clair. Yeah. Unless we go, and then we don't catch a fucking thing. Exactly. <laughs> don't go with us. Go with Mark. Yeah. We had some stellar trips the first. Well, after I bought my boat, it was like seven, eight years ago. No, you've no. been here nine years now? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it was about at least nine years ago, ten yeah. years ago. We took him out there, and we had some tremendous spring oh, fishing yeah. trips. I mean, we're, we were catching Anchor Bay. We were drifting around catching everything, walleye, smallmouth, largemouth. No, we didn't get no walleye. That's the only nope. thing I didn't catch was a walleye. I got 
small mouth, that large mouth, did, yeah. pike. I caught that little musky, silver bass. Yep, all in the same day. All in the like, same day. <laughs> there's That's a hell of a day, though. And there's yeah. more than that, too. You, you, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you kept rainbow oh, trout. Yeah. No, I caught that drum, oh, too. Yeah, he caught a... A good-sized drum. Yep. There was a drum I saw. I think it was like Michigan Outdoors posted it. I mean, I think it was massive. For a drum, like, oh, my God. I caught that would have probably been a hell I, of a fight. I caught a sheephead out there one time that was, like, nine pounds or something like that. I caught one last year when we were on the river, and I thought it was, like, a 40-inch walleye. I'm like, what the fuck do I have? Get this thing up, and I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, bro, what's wrong, with your, what's wrong with your forehead? I got a picture from my buddy Troy, Muskegon Lake. Two years ago, they were fishing spring walleye and trolling, and his wife caught a 32-inch sheephead that was 27 pounds and she didn't know it at the time they let it loose it was a state record oh, oh wow it was no a state shit. record yeah it was it was big they thought they were well, trolling for a walleye it hit a big husky jerk 27 pounds well you gotta remember miles, josh yeah. um mark that is troy telling you the story no i saw the picture of the fish oh, okay. too and her holding it and i was like dude did you check the state record to see if that was a record he goes no we just let it go he goes, did you wait he goes yeah we taped it and waited and so like and i looked in the record book and i called him back went yeah that was a state record <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh, i didn't know that i wonder how many state records get caught and people just let that shit go and they mm-hmm. don't even think about it probably or, more than or like master anglers like yeah i mean yeah. you got that what 17 inch black crappie yeah I mean, we've had a few fish that over the years I've let loose, and I know they're master angler patch fish, and just tossed them back in and went. Well, <laughs> well that wasn't the target species I was after today. Uh, it's like know. those two we caught at Greg's Lake, Keith and I, the seven and a half pounder. They caught largemouths that were over six pounds, seven pounders. Those seven and eight, seven and a half. Eight I mean, pounds. even Michigan, that's within over yeah. six. Within a half oh, an a, hour. That's a tank. Within a half an hour. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Pri- I should start measuring some of these bass because I think bass is only like 21 inches yeah, for Master Angler. Yeah. Some of those bass I caught up in Winyo were, were pretty fucking big. Yeah. I mean, they were four and a half yeah. pounders. Like, they were they were pretty good size. They, a couple of them were probably close. But yeah, a few of the a few of the bass that I caught this year were some of every year that I, that we go up there, I catch a large mouth that I'm like, this is my biggest bass. Yeah, you know, like, I can fit my. But then I look inside their mouth. But then like, I look geez. back at some of the pictures and I'm like, no, I've got some bigger fucking bass up there. Right. Yeah. I yeah. wonder what that weighed if that weighed four and a half pounds. So. Yeah, I know it is just the beginning of the year. So yeah. it's your first fish you're catching. So the, the oh yeah, big. I haven't caught shit in six <laughs> months. They're gigantic. <laughs> the yeah, biggest yeah, bass on earth. Oh my god. <laughs> Get you the, the the sticker tape that you can put down with them, so you can just flop the fish on it and measure them. You know, without yeah. pull the golden rule out. Yeah, well, I've got a, on the inside of his gunnel in his boat. I was like, that's really handy. You can just hold the fish right up there. Yep, that's how big. It is. That's how I've got it in the front of my boat. I've got a uh, tape that runs along the the inside, so I can literally just throw it on the carpet, and it's go. at least a, an estimate. It gets it close. I mean, it's within a half inch probably, and then you can get down and measure if it's even closer, but. I, I use yeah. my bump board for everything, and they're like half of those fish. I was like, yeah, I'm not pulling that thing out. Well, that's the thing. Your <laughs> bump pain, board, that thing's ass, 60 yeah. inches long. Like, yeah. I thought about buying one of those bump boards, but for my boat, I'm like, where the fuck would I put this yeah. thing? Yeah. And where would I open this up on my boat? Yeah. It, 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 is, it is handy, but it, yeah. at the same time, it's you know what I did? pain in the ass. I bought the Rapala sticker. It's yeah. 60 inches. Yeah. And at work, I got a piece of stainless, bent it, and put it on there. See, the problem with those stickers is they can shrink over time. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Right. And golden they, rule, they, my boat. That's pretty much not going to move. But yeah. yeah. Kept that in here for bass fishing. And yeah. Of course, I don't dig it out and use it every time I catch a fish. I'm yeah. Like, eh. Well, you, you, 
you catch one bass, you've caught them all, right? Like, yeah. But then you catch one, you're like, oh, man, I should probably measure that fucker. <laughs> you get a good eye for, like, is it over 20 or is it 20? And then you're like, okay, if it looks bigger than 20 and it looks bigger than maybe five, then I'm inclined to pull it out yeah. and start measuring. Some of those bass I wanted to weigh just because our buddy, he's got a, his bold prediction for the year. Well, Dan from the podcast, he uh, his bold prediction is to catch a five-pounder. So I was hoping I caught a five-pounder just to send him the picture. <laughs> and, every, I mean, a couple of them were really close to hitting five pounds. And I'm like, God damn it, pull on the tail. <laughs> did you weigh most of them? Any of the bigger ones I did, just because I was hoping to get one to five pounds, but they were all, like, just shy of five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I but, I, I mean, I bet, honestly, like, eight of them were all over four pounds. Like, yeah. so there's some, some hefty, nice there's fish. Some hefty fish up there. They were healthy. Everything we caught was healthy. Like, even the pike up there were healthy. But. Super the, shallow. Everything, wow. all those bass that we caught were in, like, a foot and a half, yeah. two foot of water. Wow. They're sunning themselves up and trying to get the water yeah. where it's yeah. 55. But what was the water template? Low 54, 50s? 53, yeah. 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 Well, before we get too derailed into that, so, Tom, get back to you. Okay. So you said you were uh, in the Army? Yes. Okay, where would you serve? Let's get, to, let's get into that a little bit. Um, Germany for two years. Okay. Then the armpit, El Paso. Okay. Fort Bliss. The armpit. <laughs> arm. Hey, he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. Fair assessment. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank we like to call welcome. out veterans when we have them on. We only had a few veterans actually on the episode. And you were an engineer, correct? Yep. 12 Bravo. 12 Bravo combat engineer. Yep. Right. Grunt with a job. Like, blow shit up. Yeah. We're going to have to yeah. get some information, put him on the website. We got a veteran yeah, yeah, tab yeah, on yeah, our website, so we'll have to throw you on the website. We'll have to get some info and uh, get some pictures, have Dan put it, our webmaster put it on the, the website. Webmaster. I've actually got pictures. I got to get a picture on my phone from when I was in Germany. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. Fine. Yeah, the one, uh, the couple we have on there from one of our listeners, and it's like his grandpa on a tank or something like that. In like World War II or something. Yeah, World yeah. War II. Like, it's actually some pretty badass yeah. pictures. I've so. got one of my stepfather's dad. He was um, Lieutenant Colonel, Air Force, retired, but he flew World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Oh, shit. And we got a picture of him in his flight suit stepping up on a P-51 on the wing. Oh, that's cool. Love that picture. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Send it, I mean, if you don't mind, send us some of those pictures. I mean, I'd okay. love to get some of that stuff on the website. That'd be cool. I was just telling Ryan, uh, I ran into a, a veteran the other day. He was a World War II guy. And uh, I didn't know he was World War II at the time. He looked like a uh, uh, pretty older gentleman. And uh, he was wearing an 82nd Airborne Division hat. So naturally, I, I'm, I was in uniform at the time. So yeah. he sees my patch. I see his hat. We strike up some conversation. We start talking. And... Um, he was like, or I asked him, I was like, when did you serve? And he was like, 1944 to 1947, I think. And I was like, oh, no shit. I, I, I was like, you know, 1944. I said, did you make the big jump? And he's like, I didn't make the big jump, but I made a jump. And I was like, okay, well, I, where, where did you jump? And he's like, well, I came in as a replacement right after D-Day. And I jumped into Holland. Wow. And then he starts telling me he was uh, with uh, 1st Brigade or, or the 504th uh you know, parachute infantry regiment in the 82nd Airborne Division. He was telling me about the crossing of the wall and all this crazy stuff. And wow. I'm like, this is all like stuff that me growing up in the 82nd Airborne Division is like, it's our it's our lineage, it's our yeah. war. Like yeah. we we you know, there's songs about this shit. And so was, I was he like, part of Market Garden then? Yes, yeah, wow. he was part of Market Garden. And then we, as we started talking, I was like, hey, were you, were you in the bulge as well? He's like, yeah, I was at the bulge. And I said, you know, I just knowing generally what I know about history, I was like. You know, in, in relation to Bastone, 
uh, where were you out of, or were you near Bastogne? He's like, we weren't in Bastogne. We were tied into the lines. 101st had the, had Bastogne, but we were uh, we were tied into their lines on one flank or one or whatever it was, but and on one side of it. But he starts telling me all these stories and different things. And I was like, goddamn war hero here, you know? Yeah, yeah he's telling me all this stuff, and uh, it's, it's great. Just, you it can just, meet it was, these guys. Still. Yeah, yeah. It was not many left. And, I mean, he, and, uh, he was he was ninety six years old. And uh, I'm telling you, man, this guy was walking and talking like he could have been 70. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I mean, still 70 years old is pretty old, but at the, at the like, he didn't strike me as like very lively. And, and, and I mean, his thoughts were all there and he was speaking fast and stuff. And like, I was like, I was super impressed with the guy. He's probably know, one of the last like, ones left. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They are becoming very, yeah. uh, you they're know, getting they're, to be in the hundreds now. 90s, yeah. 90s, 100s. Yeah. Even, I mean, when I was in, we had Vietnam veterans still in. Yeah. I served with. Man, but that's now, crazy. I mean, those guys are all gone now. I was, t- I was telling Bob, like, we got to get one of those guys on. Like, while they're still alive, like, it's we got to try to get, yeah. we got to try to get a, a World War II vet on. Like, that sure. would just be, like, the yeah. epitome of this podcast to talk to a World War II vet. And here's some stories. Yeah, I go to these. Uh, I go to the. Um, I'm part of the Airborne Association, Southeast Michigan, and and I go to the meetings and stuff with them, and 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 sit here and t- and, and I'm the youngest guy in, in the room. You know, <laughs> at, at 40 years old, I'm 41 years old. I'm the youngest guy in the room, and uh, it. But that's all they do is sit around and tell their stories about. There's one guy that jumped into um, into onto one of the or into a POW camp. It's a it's a, a well known. Um, it's a well-known operation that happened in the Pacific Theater where he jumped into, did a parachute assault into a POW camp. I'd have to look. I have to look it up. The the unit that did it. Um, was it? it but were, were they Rangers? He wasn't Rangers. No, okay. it's not. It's not the one you're thinking about. Okay, the Ghost Soldiers. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not the one you're thinking about. That was done by uh, by the Rangers. But there was another yep. one that was done by. I think it might have been like the 187, like the Rock Sons or something like that. But he did this parachute assault. Maybe 11th Airborne Division. I can't remember. But anyway, he did this parachute assault, and it's like the guys that did this thing are like legendary, you know. So in, in the Airborne community, so like he's like. Everybody walks around and everybody knows this guy and everybody talks to him, shakes his hand when he comes in. Like everybody has so much respect for this guy for the things that he was part of. You know, it's just cool. Like in that, in like in this group of guys, there are like a lot of them are Vietnam vets. And there's a dude who did the only parachute assault that happened in Vietnam. There's a guy from the 173rd, the one seven, or the 173rd that did a parachute assault in Vietnam. They're the only ones that did it. And he's he was part of that group, and then there's wow. a couple of special forces guys. It's actually a really cool group of guys. I, I love going in there because that's yeah. all they do is they just want to talk about army stuff all the time, yeah. you know, and talk about all their experiences. So, and I love that kind of. So stuff. when did the Rangers start? Rangers, yeah. Rangers started in uh, the French and Indian War. Oh, that fucking long ago. Yeah, Roberts I Rangers either. back in the yeah back when they were oh. part of the British Army. And then, now are the are the Green Berets like the armies? Top tier? No. No. Delta? Yeah, yeah. Delta. Delta. But, Jason, but so. Delta takes everybody. Well, so you have like you have different tiers of like special operations stuff and in, in or different levels of that. And like your tier one guys are your like your uh, Delta or CAG in the army, or we call them or the combat applications group, which is what we call them in the army. But you're like your Delta guys are part of JSOC, which is special or the Joint Special Operations Command. And those are that's the the special operations command that governs 
um, you know, first special operations or first special forces operation detachment Delta, and then DEFGRU, which is the the uh, SEAL Team Six. Okay, so the Navy Development mm. Group. And then you have, and then the Air Force has a has an uh, a special operations wing that is part of JSOC. So all the all the components have, and then MARSOC is like starting to spin up some tier one guys, uh, which are the Marine Special Operations Command. And then you have like your tier two dudes. Your tier two tier two guys are like your uh, Green Berets. So what we call white special forces. So you're like your white special forces are Green Berets or your uh, any of your special forces teams that go over Seals, to un- un- Recon. Yep. Your uh, Rescue. MARSOC, it's just part of that now. Uh, and then your uh, Navy SEALs all fall into your tier two. And then you have like your tier three guys, which are going to be like your Ranger Regiment, 75th Ranger Regiment in the Army. Uh, your, uh, your uh, you know, like... Uh, SWIC guys from Navy and, the, and different things like that that fall under like that that other tier, but they all kind of they they, they all have a, a different role within the special operations community yeah, and do kind of different things. So like the the Green Berets, Green Berets have a direct action mission, but their main mission is actually like foreign internal defense missions or FID missions where they go out and they basically will stand up uh, an army from a host nation go in there they speak the language they know exactly what they're doing to train equip and overturn governments that's kind of what they do navy seals are more direct action kind of guys but they don't necessarily get the missions that like the dev grew and and delta and those guys do those are mostly like your counterterrorism and hostage rescue guys are going to be like your tier one guys tier two are just going to be like direct action and unconventional warfare type thing then your tier three are going to be like your heavy hitters like your like your uh, what we call the sledgehammer, you know, like 75th range regiment in the army. That's a sledgehammer that yeah. are, those are, you know, where Delta is a scalpel. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We, we can cut out the tumor with a scalpel, but we can destroy the tumor <laughs> with a sledgehammer. Okay. <laughs> so that's, right. if I got to break it down in a, in a roundabout way, it's very, it can be, get, it can get very convoluted and very, uh, yeah. very, uh, complicated when it comes into the special operations yeah. world. But that's kind of how a lot of this stuff breaks down. Now that we've completely gone off the rails for 20 minutes on military (laughs) shit, should we talk about some hunting and fishing shit? So... So Tom, you got uh, you got a boat, right? Yes, I do. What do you got? You, well, you got like two boats now, don't you? No, I've got one. Oh, well, you never bought that second boat? No, I never bought it. Oh, okay. I'm buying a cabin instead. You bought a cabin instead. I'm going to buy a, a cabin. place to to yeah. take the boat. Okay. No, I got a '95 Stratus 268 okay. in excellent shape. So, um, so you got a, some ter- a couple terrible stories with that boat, don't you? <laughs> Well, two, yeah, two yeah. I witnessed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, They're the, kind of the same story, but uh, the, you want to uh, you want to tell the story of our Tequamina trip? Yeah, we launched the boat and got what maybe a hundred yards up the river, <laughs> maybe no, maybe, oh. maybe two hundred, and flipped on the bilge pump. And no, actually, the, the whole thing started at Winya. Mm-hmm. I was taking out water, couldn't figure out why where I was coming from. So we pulled the boat out every night, got home, ripped out all the stuff out of the bottom, out of the back, the drain plug, all my aerator lines, ripped it all out, spent a week drying it out, bought all new stuff, re-silicone it in, and we go to the UP. I go, I'm good to go. <laughs> get in the boat. So you thought. So I thought. So we get about 200 yards up the river. Kicked down the pump, 
and it kicked out water for about five minutes. <laughs> Still taking out water. So we promptly turned around, reloaded the boat, drove all the way to the Sioux, ran the Wally World, and got, I can't remember what the stuff was called I got. It was that Starboard Epoxy. That yeah, you, you mix it up. Mix it, it, mix it was the transducer in his voice. He's got a shoot-through transducer, like in my boat. And where it shoots through the hole. Yeah. And, yep. But... There's a spot around it that goes through the hole that was leaking water. And when I reached, you couldn't see it, but if you reached your fingers up in there, you could feel just enough play around that transducer. I was like, dude, it's got to be coming in from here. Yeah. So, so we slapped that shit on that there, spot. It said, wait, yeah. it half good. an hour. Well, it was an hour drive back. Yeah. Oh, you put it on like in the parking in lot? The parking in the parking lot. lot. <laughs> yep. In the suit yep. at the Walmart. I had, that, I had that, that white sticky shit all over my hands all day. I couldn't get it off. Got in the water, oh, went up river, kicked the pump on, nothing, nothing. came out. Nothing. Been oh, good man. ever since. And it's still on there. Still on there, <laughs> yeah. I I remember we were motoring out, and all of a sudden I look back, and you guys are going the other way, and I'm like, the fuck are they going? <laughs> that was the one night that the fishing was good, too, and we got to spend about an hour of it on the water. Yeah. yeah like, you you got actually. By the time you guys got back, it was like seven yeah. or so. Yeah. yeah, that was the night we caught Seventy five percent of the fish we caught that whole trip because okay. the, the temperature dropped forty degrees that day. yeah it was like eighty <laughs> degrees that day. It went to we a caught a musky like hell. first spot we we started fishing. I think we caught a musky. Yeah, okay. and you and I caught. <laughs> no, you muted me early. Nothing. <laughs> that was a good sport whole, about it. Dude. We'll get into that after but, all that week we had. So, he caught nothing, and he still never bitched to us. So, ver- so the first night, Bobby and I are out there. We're catching fish. I'm sending you pictures, and you guys are in the Sault Ste. Marie getting fucking epoxy from Walmart. Had just been pissing you off. It was frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But it was well, nice especially after this shit you just no dealt with, Winnie, because Winnie, you had to pull the, the boat every night, yep. so it didn't sink. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, yeah, you guys had a hell of a Winnie trip between Mark's trolling motor and then no, that was no, two years yeah, ago. that was the year before. You oh, guys okay. had bad so luck. You, you guys yeah. came up two years. I thought yeah. you were only no, we came up too. Yeah. Oh, so you brought your boat the second one. Yeah, I yeah. refused to bring my boat this year. Dude, let me, let me tell you, that was my biggest fear with my new trolling motors. I was going to do what oh. you did. So, like, I never ran that trolling motor unless I was up there and I was watching. Yeah, I was looking I, for something. I got complacent and I was thinking, yeah, from the dock to this channel, if I if I hold this line, I'll be good. And no. Slammed right into a stump yeah. on 10. <laughs> wide open with three so, guys in the boat. Just so crushed I, it. I had your cabin this year, so I was parked at your dock. And every single time I came out, I made sure I didn't cut across anything. <laughs> I, I, I stuck tight to the shore as I came and then came out like where I normally came okay. out. And you had I, motor I know problems that part too. of the channel, yeah. You had big motor problems too. Well, that was the year that it, it cut out on me. And I had a little bit of, there's a primer valve on my solenoid on the front of that thing. And they had an O-ringer on it that was leaking. And, yeah, we were all the way back up into the river area and tooling along, and the motor just shut off. The big motor. <laughs> was that the same year? Yeah, it was the same year. Holy yeah. shit, yeah, you had a terrible year. Yeah, yeah, you had a Murphy's that. Law year. Yeah, didn't you go into town and get a new yeah. fitting oh, or something? No, yeah, we got no, O-rings. We O-rings, went to the, yeah. The, it lasted about 10 minutes before the gas heated off. <laughs> yeah. So it was a temporary fix, so I got the right parts from when I got home and ordered from everywhere. But oh I've God. had no problems since then. That was just a bad trip for me. I mean, I Yeah, just, you guys are the terrible outdoorsman when it comes to win you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we didn't have yeah. any, that's really why any didn't issues. I, I didn't even hit a stump this year. I, I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't I didn't either. I mean, I've got that channel mapped out pretty good. Like, I was motoring damn near on plane most of it. Like, because I that's, can... 
I had all your waypoints and everything set, and I was sticking to it. I even put the aluminum prop on my boat, took the stainless steel one off, going, okay, if yeah. you're going to wax something, I'm going to put the crap yeah. prop on there and just let that one be the sacrificial component. <laughs> well, know? they had aluminum bends a little bit better. I never hit it with the big motor. I hit it with the trolling motor. And I bent that oh, shaft, fuck. that Altera shaft, bent up under the boat to the point where it split it from the top of the motor down to the bottom of the unit. I oh, couldn't believe God. it didn't snap it in half. Oh, wow. Jesus. But it broke the belt. It broke the, the shaft on it, the composite no, shaft. No, we broke the belt trying to get it that's right we, we just stomped the motor back up into the yeah <laughs> it was stuck it wouldn't deploy auto deploy back so we grabbed a hold of it just yanked it and snapped the belt getting it back up and that was the last day we were there yeah it would it's like okay, the guy had to pull you back up to the lodge. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I understand oh why God. you guys didn't come this year. <laughs> that, that was a seven hundred dollar repair for the trolling oh, motor. Yeah, yeah I was in, um, in parts, not labor. Labor was another three hundred bucks. I was Ooh. not. Um, I was not comfortable with that trolling motor. Was, <laughs> I mean, I got I got more comfortable, but yeah, I was. Uh, very aware of my surroundings when I was using that thing. Yeah. Like even using Spotlock, there were times I was using Spotlock and I'm like, uh, fuck, I don't know. Like there's so much shit in here right now. Like you got to keep your motor close to the surface. Otherwise- but luckily, like I had it like pretty high when I was in the front. So then when I get down in the back, I set Spotlock, I'd go in the back to deal with the fish or whatever. Pull it it, it'd pull the front out and like the front would be slapping in the water. I'm like, all right, I know I'm yeah. pretty good. <laughs> that, that way can be, it can be really treacherous. So, you, I mean, if you, I mean, we fish it so much, we know where to go, but for someone new that's only been there one, once or twice, yeah. like, I mean, it's like Fletcher's Pond. It's like going I fished Fletcher's for years before I went to Winyon. It reminded me a lot of Fletcher's, but when we fished in the 80s, Fletcher's was much lower water level, and in the summer, the weeds would just choke it out to the surface, so yeah. there was there was nothing but the channel through the center like Winyon yep. gets. Now the water. Last time I was there, the water was way higher, and it was a lot yeah. more navigable water. Yeah. yeah, but we always fished it in twelve foot steel boats that we rented from Jacks with five horses on the back. You know, so one guy hanging off the front looking for stumps while the other <laughs> guy ripping the through like, stump patrol. <laughs> yeah. You hit going, something going just, through shear pins. You know, smashing into stuff and yep. those big you, destroyer boats. You become you. an expert in shear pin repair. <laughs> but I would be afraid to. I never took it like a real bass boat on that lake. We always yeah. just took heavy duty steel boats. And, yeah. You never thought twice about oh. cramming into stuff with and those. And top off the UP trip, coming back, I lost one of my bearing buddies. Oh, yeah. And Man. I was so dis... Maybe it's a terrible outdoorsman that are bad luck for you. I don't know. but I didn't <laughs> Every take time my you're boat, on a trip with us. I didn't take my boat out for the rest of the year after that trip. And I came to pick it up because I left it here. That's right. You left it in my front yard for three months after yeah, that trip. Yeah, I came and got... Went to bring it home and put it in the garage. And I'm walking around it and I go... I'm missing a bearing buddy. What the hell? But the one you didn't notice it until you picked it up. Yeah, he proclaimed after he wanted to go back to Dequamanon and fish again after all that. Yeah, controversy not catching fish. The one trip he wanted to make the next year was he wanted to go back there. So So I go ahead. So I go to this to the auto parts store buy bearing buddies because they're basically all the same, right? Uh, Not yours. Not 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 mine. Not not really. (laughs) I had to call Easy Loader. Oh my god! Because mine actually thread in. Oh, they thread it threads the, in, and the somehow th- it came out. How it the hell did it come out? out Probably because in. they're both regular threads, so one's going backwards. Ah. So I called them up. Actually, I called them last week. Oh, this week. And he goes, "Oh yeah, we yeah." I go, "Okay, how much are they?" He goes, 27 dollars." I go, "For a pair, that's not bad." He goes, "No, that's for one." 
course. It's pretty essential, though. You know, yeah, like, so, if you're gonna pay, like I'll pay so, thirty dollars to so keep I my go, to I keep go, my hub from falling off. So I go, give me two. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, give me an I, extra. Yeah. Have, have a spare. So yeah. I told him, I go, I'm gonna Loctite them in. And he goes, yeah, don't no do sure. that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. said he actually said use um, silicone RTV. Okay. Which makes sense because it kind of helps waterproof it too. Yeah. yeah. So I'll have them sometime next week or the week after all right. because they're out of stock. So, all right. <laughs> so let's let's stay with the Taquamanon uh, topic. So we haven't had you guys on since then. We talked about Taquamanon. That, we, we that, that episode, three and a half hour podcast about it was. We titled it Sweaty Meat Sticks. Sweaty but, Meat Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was your guys' take on the Taquamanon trip? Oh, it's beautiful up there. It was, yeah, great scenery. Great right? scenery. We watched a tree fall on on a bass tracker. Yeah, we did too. We saw yeah. a tree fall. We, oh yeah, when on that a bass boat. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Remember that the one spot where oh, there's docks. Yeah, yeah, that tree yeah, yeah. fell. We came back or something, and when we came back, we saw the yeah, tree. Yeah, but they. I think you guys no, no. actually watched it. We fall. watched. Yeah. It, we watched yeah. it go down. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We were. That was the day that we went all the way up to the falls. We were coming back. Yeah. 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 So okay. Yeah. That, I enjoyed you know, it. I caught a few fish, and I, I no, you caught one. Did I catch one? You caught one pike. One pike. No, I, thought I, you, a, I thought you caught more than one. I no? had a few follow-ups. I have thrown that big, like monster. Chrome, what was actually the copper hammered daredevil? The the one that's like two ounces. Hey, we told you daredevils were the way to go. I put it in the prop wash, and it was just like a hubcap floating. <laughs> I was like, something's gonna grab that. Well, that's something the only did. thing that those something fish can see that. in that water, though. That water is so tannic. Yeah. Man, I thought that was gonna be the ticket, and I trolled that around for a while, but something grabbed a hold of that and yanked it hard, and I got about I don't know. Three or four good seconds of a you know fight into it and it came off and I was like oh yeah I mean the guy that that musky guy I bought the the net from and mm. those um booker lures from mm. he told me shiny and loud yeah for that river yeah mm. I've heard the other stretch of the river is actually a lot better there's a lot there's much bigger population yeah, above the it, falls above the falls okay. but it's I've been told that we could use our boats in there, but it'd be better to have a like a fourteen foot aluminum or something yeah. like that, just because it's shallower, a little narrower in, po- in parts. But the, apparently, the population is better up there. Really? Yeah. Wow. You'd think there would be more from below the falls. You'd think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we 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 caught three. So I mean, I I thought I consider that a productive weekend no, we caught a handful of pike too i think i caught like a 30 inch pike out there yeah that first night yeah, i mean we caught night. we caught like six or seven fish that first night and then it went down to 40 degrees that night and yeah. it got it got thin after that and sure. then after that it was you know one or two fish a day like it shut off to no, nothing water that, temperature it, dropped and we kind 10 of degrees we expected that to happen <laughs> yeah. with that big weather change like oh that. yeah but, we were dodging those thunders too on uh, thunderstorms yeah. the last day yeah <laughs> it was kind of up river yeah. oh, down river oh, go back up river. yeah we were trying to stay we were like staying yeah. in the eye of the storm yeah. for a little bit yeah. but i think one of the muskies that we caught was right before that storm wasn't it mm, might maybe i don't know because i caught him on three separate days yeah yeah i would so, go back there again in a minute just because it yeah. was a beautiful well, river yeah. it had a lot of good cover in it. it had a lot of wood on the edges well I mean, we were, it wasn't not hard to fish and overall it was a beautiful experience i think it was just the weather so we were yeah, just, we got screwed by the cold front we yeah. were just talking about it and so we're kind of have set in stone um the weekend or so the week after labor day that'd be perfect okay so it's it's going to be september 
this year. It'll be a little bit later and kind of coming into the fall, which kind of give us a little bit but different. You look figure at September it. down here is October up there. You know, right. there's yeah. going to be salmon running up that river at that point yeah. too. So we may run into the street, right? Kings or coho or right, right. Or, I mean, if, right. if you're not catching muskie, you might get in. You might get in some nice pike. Just right. you know, putting on the, the water temps be coming back down. Mark, we're bringing your boat. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> His boat <laughs> doesn't sink. <laughs> well, yeah. knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the plan is that we're gonna yeah. we're planning for the I day think, after Labor Day. Yeah, I'm doing a camping trip the weekend of Labor Day. The day after Labor Day is Tuesday, whatever day it is, and then that Tuesday I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight from my campsite up in uh, Sheboygan to go straight up to Tequamadon. He's gonna meet me there with the boat. Oh, perfect. So yeah, that's so we'll go that's Tuesday kind of to Saturday. Tuesday to Saturday. So it's before Tuesday to Saturday. The Tuesday after, so the day after Labor Day. Okay. That Tuesday is when we're going to drive up. Okay, and then stay until Saturday. That way we can come back, have we a day can, to unpack, unwind, yeah, get the okay. boats before in. the work week. The yeah. campsite will be emptied out after Labor Day. Yeah, there won't be yeah. anybody. Right, there won't be there. anybody up there. So that that's kind of the, the thought process. Yeah. too. There'll well, be nobody going north on the day after Labor Day. You'll have traffic coming home, yeah. but we'll have clear sailing going north. One of the other things that I was thinking about is that, you know, we can fish We can fish a river like we did, you know, for a couple of days, but we, we have we got some time to play and we can do some different things. Like, let's let's go up on the other side of the falls. Let's, I mean, because we pull our boats every day. The Dollarville Impoundment. That dollar, yeah. Dollarville Impoundment, let's hit that. It's not going to be, you know, the weeds should be down a little bit. It's yeah. going to be a little bit later in the year. Brian and, and David fish it, and they said it was, when they went, it was pretty weedy. But that was midsummer. They went like, yeah. I, I mean, say well, July. I mean, we can, we can. It's not it, all that stuff is pretty close, right? You know, but yeah, we fish two days and we're not seeing anything. Then try something different. We've right. already seen that seventeen <laughs> mile stretch of all river. seventeen yeah. miles of that river. And that's what we did at Winnie last year. We went to Long Lake for the day. Yeah, yeah. I caught one, or, or, I caught one yeah. fish. Yeah. Do something different. We can do a lot of. We can do a lot. We can do whatever we want. So that's cool. Stopped out with weeds like that. It actually makes locating a fish not that difficult because you end up fishing the open pockets of water. And if you're into a top water or a buzzbait bite, that's a great time to do that. Right. Yep. It'll probably still be. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be decently warm up there too. Because I mean, Labor Day is usually 70s, 80s, but up there it'll be a little colder. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll have color change probably the end of September. Like they might even have it when we're up there. It might be usually third week of September up there is the start of fall. Yeah. So, so we'll be good. I think it'd be a good timing. Like you said, salmon coming up the river. Yep. I think it'd be different than what we did the first time. Same river, but just different time of year. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. I mean, yeah. I've I've read so many things on that river about how it's just a great fishery for walleye, smallmouth, and we didn't catch any of that shit. No. And I feel like it really was that weather that screwed us yeah. up. So, so if we get a flat day with the bay, like we saw the last day we were there, yeah. and we fished the mouth out there, and the salmon are actively like pushing up, yep. that'll be an easy place to throw spoons and spinners and maybe reconnect yep. with some nice yeah. salmon. Yep. I'm game. So that's the plan. So we got to so we got to book our campsites. Okay. Get. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they won't book up. But I'd rather get it on the books. And yeah. you said we're so, going to do two sites this year. Yeah. Well, we're going to have his his camper uh-huh. and um, and a boat. So we'll definitely need a, a site just for us, and then we'll do another site um, for you guys and figure out whatever tents and sleeping situations. So and if, I think and we, we got some other guys. We, we that might have, be able to fit all four in there. 
We can be not in the camper. I got a pop up. I don't know what the back here in the weeds. It hasn't been open in twelve years. Maybe I'll just pull it. I don't know about the snore monster over here. You're 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 getting a sight six sights down. You can put us in a Tom can sleep with you, man. Soundproof tent. That's the first time I've ever had to sleep with earbuds in and listen to music at like. 50% 50% volume just to be able to get the sleep. I'd wake up and I'm like, oh my God, it's so loud. The cool thing about bringing my camper is that we'll have all the like the cooking stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I've got a little grill that attaches to it and I've got the stove inside the oven and I got all, yeah. all the stuff. Running water, be able to wash your hands. Running and hot water, water and shit like that. So, it's, yeah, so you're nice bringing the camper, you're bringing yeah. your Because he's already going to be there. He's going to be, be up at Mullen. So I'm only going to be an hour. So and it's half. like an hour and a half for him. That's why we're doing it on that day because right. he's leaving Mullet September or the day after Labor day so he's just going to go north for about an hour and a half and i'm going to pull out early in the morning and with his boat okay you're bringing his boat right okay yeah good. yeah that way we have the camper just for the amenities of the camper you so gotta Mark take it you, you, you gotta take a shit you don't have to go run to this the shower you can right. just run in the camper oh, you know so yeah yeah Oh, I so, didn't go so to the bathroom the tent, every time right? I had to pee, I'll tell you that. I was walking behind your boat. Just <laughs> you I, got, I got piss stains. I got piss stains all over my boat. I did the same thing. The when, when, night, like, everybody's snoring and all the other camp intense, too. It's hilarious. I'm standing behind your boat, like next to the lower unit. Taking a piss, and all, all I can hear around me is people snoring in all their tents. <laughs> there was a, yeah, there was a couple nights where me and you sat around the campfire kind of yeah. late and stuff like that, and I just like wandering in the woods. I'm like literally like 10 feet from somebody's. I'm listening oh, to somebody yeah. snoring, I'm like pissing on their tent. Yep. <laughs> You're that guy. But we're I'm drinking guy. beers. I mean, I'm not going to make it through the whole night without having to go to the no. bathroom. So, yeah, well, not, you so died Mark, like seven times a night. So, yeah. <laughs> so Mark gets his own tent. We all sleep in the camper, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you it's what, not the worst so idea. If the weather's bad and it's cold, come on in. You guys can come yeah. in. I, I've been I, I made the reservation for the sleep apnea study, and I'm still supposed to go to do it. I haven't done it yet. So. <laughs> you should do it. Get a mask before we go. And <laughs> yeah. what do Every they do? realtor it, I've talked to from my cabin, cord, I go run into a battery to run bedrooms. the thing in a tent yeah. or what? No. Go, two bedrooms. Two bedrooms. I go because my gut. Well, I guess I fish with. Snores really bad. Really, and I, bad. and I had to make sure the realtor knew that this is not my gay husband. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a wife. We just do a lot of fishing together. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking like, yeah, we snore really bad. I don't see you looking at us like we're just, like, the happy couple. Wait, man, you guys. This is my gay husband. <laughs> now let's get this straight. I just snore. This is my gay husband, okay? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean it's fabulous. I mean, <laughs> you'd be a fabulous fisherman. Right? What it is. <laughs> Whatever you're into, dude. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Tom's the only, literally only guy that's like my age in the group that we're hanging with. Besides you guys, that's married. I mean, yeah, everybody else is. We're all bachelors now. So, well, yeah. I've been trying to come up with the names. because y'all fish too much. If this cabin works out. <laughs> We've been through the war. I lost toys. You're all the vets. Yeah. So if this cabin works out that I'm looking at, we got to come up with a name for it. The cabin? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if you should name it before you, before you yeah, see it. Yeah, I know. That's, like that's got to be some bad luck. Yeah. 
And you're uh, not really doing well with the luck situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's called the Red House. The Red House over yonder. Red no, House over yonder. I was yonder. thinking maybe the, the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Red. The He-Man Woman Haters Club. There you go. <laughs> the He-Man Woman Haters Club. I don't know if your wife's going to like that when she comes up there. <laughs> well, like, you don't tell her until... Why does it say He-Man Woman Haters Club? She's not a real interest in being up there at this yeah. point. So After you close. the green light to be the boys' place. Yeah. Not a lot to take her up there like once or twice a year, you know. Yeah. On yeah, a non-guys weekend, take her up there yeah. and go see the sights and whatever yeah. the sights of Glenny. <laughs> all the majestic, yeah, the, the majestic Glenny. <laughs> Keith and I went into the Glenny Tavern and had a beer and a burger one night, and we walked in there and everybody was like staring at us because they could tell we were not the. Who right are you? Crowd. You're not local. Exactly. Well, wait until I walk in there. It was You're fish fry me. Friday night, <laughs> and then we went in there and like. Eight o'clock, and they're like, "We're out of fish." I'm like, "We came in here for fish." No, there's no more fish. <laughs> Wait till like, I right, walk in here, boy. Yeah, I didn't argue with him at that point. Everybody in that place was giving us the stink eye when we walked in, and we're like, "We look like everybody else." We were three days no shaved, smelling like fish. You know, like we should get a yeah, but they they the smell girl. like fish for other reasons. We fit in fine here. After, after an hour of being there, things was, got remote. Was this the weekend that you fell in <laughs> yeah, the water? Yeah, that was the weekend. <laughs> did we ever? I don't know. Did we talk like about Sunny that last Lake time? too? I don't know that you told that. Well, I, did we I, tell I, you story? might have told that story, but that was sixty episodes ago. So oh. you should tell that story again. Okay, so Keith and I go up to Sunny Lake, a little tiny twenty-acre lake in the middle of the Huron Forest near Glenny. Friend of mine owns cabin up there. He, we were going to go out in his 12-foot boat. He's got tied to the side of the, the, the lake, and it's an old, like, 1960s aluminum boat with no flotation in it. Beat the piss, squeaking and, like, popping. And, and Keith is standing up in the back, throwing like he's an 18-foot bass boat, you know. <laughs> I keep telling him, be careful, you know. It's going to be getting a little tippy in here. And at one point, he did. He loaded up a cast, and I looked over at him, and I saw him just let it loose, and his feet kicked forward, and the whole boat shot out from under us. And I was looking up at the sky. And <laughs> so he's standing on, the, on, on top of the seat. Well, he was standing on the floor of the boat, but he had his feet all the way back against, like, the right side of the boat. So he was not standing in the center. And here oh, I'm, at, okay. I'm at the front of it, and I'm trying to stay in the center because I know he's not, like, he doesn't have his weight in the center of the boat. <laughs> And he threw us out of the boat in like 13 foot of water. Everything swamped. He had a rod to go over the side. I threw mine into the boat on the way out, so it went back in the boat. <laughs> Priorities. Was, I, so the boat didn't flip? You guys, a, you guys just went out of the boat. We went out of the boat. The boat actually was like three quarters full of water. <laughs> And, and at that point, he's grabbing a hold of the boat, panicking, trying to pull himself in. And I'm like, dude, stop it. You're going to sink the boat because he's trying to pull himself in, and it's already yeah. full of water. So I said, hang on to the back. I got in, got the oars in the oar locks, and rowed us back to the shore <laughs> and dragged the boat out and dumped it out. And our tackle boxes were full. My tackle bags were full to soak the water. Everything, <laughs> everything in the boat was soaked. We were soaked. I lost a pair of muck boots, went right to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and we had to drag the boat up out of there and then dump it over and then get back in and row ourselves back over on the other side of the lake to the cabin and threw our stuff in the dryer and drove And then he thought, it was funny. I mean, at that at that time, I thought he was going to be like panicking, like this is a near death experience. And then as soon as he got back in the boat, he's all chuckling about it. I'm like, dude, 
It was kind of funny after a while, but at first I was like, that's not so funny. I kept, I kept telling him, don't don't stand there and load up like that. And he just freaking let it loose and threw us both out of the boat. Oh, my and God. And I've been fishing for, I don't know, I'm going on 60. Never had an incident where I've fallen out of the boat fishing. And I've been in a lot of rickety-ass boats over the years. And he, that boat was just... Uh, now we go back up there. He's got two boats. That's the worst of the two, and he's got a paddle boat. So now we're like, we fish out of the paddle boat because it's a lot harder to... You're sitting in it paddling. You can't fall out as heavy. Yeah. So I insisted the last two times we were up there like, fish out of the paddle boat, not that rickety-ass boat. I, I called the boat never again because after that I said, I'm never getting in that boat with you again. I, I got to get a picture of I, you, I, and, I, you and Keith fucking in a dude, paddle boat. I'm, I'm picturing this in my head. And then them two like in a paddle boat, just it's, like paddling. Is, is, the, and, is the boat in the shape of a yellow ducky? The, the, the aluminum boat was actually yellow. On, what was left of yellow paint on the inside and just aluminum on the outside. It didn't even have a, a board on the back. It had rotted off. So the the trolling motor, if you put one on there, it had to be clamped onto the aluminum, not even wood. Oh, my God. It was old. It's a real gem. Yeah. And we didn't saying. have flotation devices. We found two, like, seats on a couple of the, the – he had, he had a little outbuilding that was like a bunkhouse. So we took off two of the seats off the dining room chairs and used that to sit on. They weren't even flotation <laughs> devices. I was like, yeah, that ain't going to help at all. Oh, so this started off on the wrong foot. But right the fishing was excellent. We caught so many big bass on that. This little lake was like, this time of the year, it was April, May. May maybe it was like right May. before we recorded. Right. Like weeks before. We went up there and the ice had just gone out and there was no weeds. Because by the middle of the summer, this lake has like a spot about 30 foot left open water in the center. And it's all lily pads grown over. So we went up there before it got grown up and we were throwing chatter baits and spinner baits and just slamming big bass. We kept, we just like every third, fourth cast, we were hooking into three or four pound fish. Like, this is great. Yeah. Well, don't tell everybody where this lake is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. You tell can, me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, tell you, us. It's on a state don't tell them. road in like 10, 10 miles of bad road to get back. We've got people it. right now on their phones like, where is it? Mm, good luck finding it. <laughs> so that's that's always like my biggest fear, like especially this year because I had you know three kids in my boat and, and me and and a lot of a lot of lines going everywhere and and that you know some shitty weather from here and you know from time to time and I was like I was pretty worried about you know I had this discussion with the kids on the way up and I was like the number one thing I'm worried about is somebody hooking mm-hmm. somebody so like you guys need to pay attention. And like this is something that like I'm gonna be big on, and then like once we got on the water, I'm like, all right, nobody falls out of this fucking boat, <laughs> all right, because this water is 52 degrees or what, 51 degrees, yeah. and it, you're only gonna last minutes in this kind of stuff. So like, and there's current here, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Like you cannot fall out of the boat. So everybody like needs to pay attention to what you're doing all the time. This yeah, is how this is how real fishermen fish. Like you can't just get up here and just start chucking lures everywhere. Like there's a science to this, so make it happen, you know. And and I was on it. They were good. Like my 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 crew was good this year. Like they they handled their shit well. They netted fish well. They caught fish well. Like everything everything went well. But I was like a nervous wreck the whole time. You never know. I mean, yeah. somebody gets hooked in the face or in the head or the neck, and it's bad news. Jackson hooked Jason a couple times. Did he really? Well, it wasn't really during a cast. One time he hooked Jason's line on a cast, but the other times it was just like he was. 
not paying attention to like where his lure was and it would like it hooked his bibs a couple times so nothing major but i mean he's eight years old like i gave him a little bit of break (laughs) well i'm i'm 41 years old and i had adam i had adam in the front of the boat with me and there was twice where i i'm i'm casting and stuff like that and i'm like doing these like short like kind of overhead casts just to kind of keep out of the way you know and at one point, like, he had shifted in the boat, and I knew he wasn't, like, right next to me. So I just kind of – I do, like, a side cast. And what I did, I came back, and I'd hook his line. I, I did it twice. Oh, you had Hook his great... line and backlash his shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just backlash his shit on my reel. And I'm like, God, what a dumb dumb. I'm the one that did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. never did that stuff. Oh, but he man. was always to my right. I'm ca- I'm always casting. That's right, when you so. take that reel and you just set it down and be like, I will deal with this in the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I have two rods on deck yeah. at all the time. And I was like, all right, I'll just put that one aside for a while. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've fallen out of my boat. Yeah, he did. Out of my Lund. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, woodland. Yep. On Woodland, yep. But it was for a good cause, though. I got to hear this. Are you, you trying to save a rod or something? No. Allure. Oh. A rocking uh, shad and sunfish. Well, I I hear these these rocket shads are money. So yeah, and I hung up. I was by the island, and I reached out to this big branch it was probably about two three inches in diameter. Put my weight on it, and as soon as I did, that fucking thing snapped, and I went into the water. <laughs> so what did you cast it into the shore or something? Yeah, I cast it the island. Yet I hung up on a branch. <laughs> it, I, I think oh, we had both have a couple of lures hanging around woodland somewhere. So, oh, but I had to get that. I got it back. <laughs> I hear these rocket sheds. You know, I didn't throw one of those the entire weekend. I threw a, a lipless for about ten minutes. I was catching them on other shit, so I never even threw it. But I've got well, a couple you, of those rocket sheds that yeah, Mark gave me. You can't find them. I yeah. caught I caught a nice smallmouth on a lipless, and yeah. uh, it was like that crawfish yeah. one that we. Yeah, that we both have that. Now we did okay on like Portage a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, you had the a good first day. warm day we had was like eighty degrees out. Yeah, we two, went to Portage two weeks, three weeks ago. Three. We had a good day. I mean, we saw a lot of fish on beds, and there was a few places where, well, on the south side of Portage, there was about five or six beds, and I hooked a bass, and there was like immediately five or six right along with it coming back to the boat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> kick ass. Back up and see here for a minute and cast to these beds. Yeah. And we did pretty good. Uh, little Portage or Big, big Portage? Big, big Portage, yeah. We went into Little Portage and didn't catch crab. No, big, I big caught portage. one. You caught one in Little I, Portage, I, yeah. I, I caught a nice uh, largemouth um, mm-hmm. coming out of Hell Creek. Yeah, but we went back into Mud Bay, and there was big – those canals that go back into Mud Bay are like two foot deep. Yeah. And we saw a school of crappie back there, honestly. Oh, my God. They, they were like jumbo crappies. There had to be 12 to 14-inch crappies. I was hanging out there in this one spot, and we kept casting little things. We were sitting right next to them, flipping lures to them, and they just would up and look at a Ned rig. They wouldn't hit it. But I, was like, I was telling him before I went up in there, there's usually big crappies in these canals this time of the year, and sure enough, they were back in there. Yeah. yeah. I caught one back there. This time of year, I do well on, on Little Portage. Mm. You know, especially for pike and stuff like that. It, mm. n- nothing huge, but I, yeah. I I've gone in there and caught you know four or five pike in a in a, an hour or whatever back there. That used to be the best spot on that chain. I mean, when I grew up, it's all we fished was a lot of the portage chain. But we spent most of our time in Little Portage and night fishing in Little Portage at night too, yeah. catching a lot of bass and rock bass and pike and that in there. But yeah. that was that's always been a good good lake, and now it's a 
no wake lakes. So it used to be people would still come in there with jet skis. Well, and they were there. No, no. They were when yeah. we were there, the idiot. But anymore, they're trying to make that into a, a fishing lake. Like the end of Patterson, that chain, what is it, Wollston? Not Wollston, oh, but Fish Lake. Woodburn. Woodburn. Woodburn, Bass Lake. Bass Lake. Now they call that. That's no wake lake. So if you go back up into there, there should be nobody driving you nuts with jet skis and skiing. Yeah. And oh, man. If you the Googans. You, the uh, Googans. Yeah, if you go out there like... Anytime, late June, July, it's <laughs> the whole lake is a madhouse. It is absolute nightmare. You got to get off that lake by like nine o'clock in the morning, and that launch is there's only one launch on the whole lake, one public launch in the whole lake on Portage, on Portage. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's an absolute nightmare mm-hmm. of a launch. Like it's terrible. But the current is the the current the ripping through there. there. Yeah. So like you can't you, just back in the boat and just leave it no. unless you're going to strap it to the dock. You got to have somebody sitting right. In the, boat. The, the dam is. 50, yeah. you know, 50 meters from yeah. the dam. If it gets past the yeah. dock and it's going right I, towards the dam at that point. Yeah. yeah, I work with a guy. He stopped me the other night. And he goes, Tom, you got a rod in your, your boat? I go, no, nah, I don't. He goes, well, I'll think about going, because he lives on Portage. And he's got a pontoon boat. I'm thinking about going out time for a little bit and see if he wanted to go. I go, no, I don't have a rod. He goes, well, throw a rod in your truck. So I got to go throw a rod in my truck. So if he wants to go fishing after work one night, <laughs> I can go fishing on Portage. <laughs> I never just stop, by, just stop by my house. I literally live like, mm. like a, half, yeah. a quarter mile yeah. from, from. Well, the he's lake, on so the lake. Stop with... by my house. I got I got rods laying oh. fucking everywhere. <laughs> if it's a weekday, it's the best time to go out. There. Yeah. yeah, weekends on that chain, yeah. especially Portage. Yeah, because we went on. A, a lot of, they we shut that launch down. They shut that launch yeah. down. Yeah, they lock it up. Yeah, by but, nine o'clock in the morning, yeah. it's yeah. shut down it's because it's it's full. Because I drive by it every day going to work. I work. I work second, and during even during the week, I see it locked up. Well, got, it's a pretty tiny launch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, There's not many parking spots. Maybe 20. There. Maybe 20. Yeah. We've got some friends that uh, their parents have a house on Portage, and it's in Mud Bay. Mm. And um, there's been times like, you know, around like 4th of July and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, I was, you know, they're like, hey, why don't you why don't you bring your boat out? I mean, we're going to have the jet skis out. They have a pontoon and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, the only way that this, that this is going to happen is like, if I launch it like two days ahead of time and I keep it at your <laughs> yep. launch because I there's no way I'm getting in. And no, out you might be able to talk to the DNR guy because there's always a DNR guy, DNR guy that if you have somebody go with you, you can launch and have them if bring you, your truck yeah, home. Right, right. Bring if your trailer home. As yeah. long as you're not going to be able to park, you can yeah. probably still yeah. launch it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only way you'll do it. Otherwise, I think Zuki has a, a marina you can pay to get on. Yeah. And then Hell Creek on a Little Portage. That marina has been closed forever. It's fenced up as a storage lot. But they used to have a, a little, not great launch, but you could put a boat in there, too, on Hell Creek. Well, I, I, I did put my boat in one time on Portage, and um, it's just like a little private launch, like right on Mud Bay. And it's... Uh, that's association owns that launch. Yeah, right it's there. like a, an association launch. It's yeah. terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah. We, it's launched, like my we launched some jet skis there one time, <laughs> and I launched... Uh, I launched my boat on there one time, and it was like, it's sketchy. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Like, I've walked out of my launch. I won't launch on my lake. He moved to Rush Lake, and he hasn't even put his boat in over there yet. No, you didn't see the launch. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have a public launch, do they? No, yeah. no, no. It's private. It's, all it's private. an association launch, but it goes down a hill sideways, and then and there's no dock, and it's in two foot of Shout, water. Yeah, someone's getting wet, and you know it's. 
Did things, you fish it? Not yeah, even fished like, it yet. No. I figured he'd, he'd give it a whirl at some point. But he I remember when you moved in there, you were excited about it. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm Actually, I'm thinking about place. getting a, a nice fishing kayak because I can just pull it, get a bike, pull it because there's a beach right at the end of Rush Lake. There's a beach right there. Come grab my kayaks. I got a kayak. Like, no, no, doesn't, no. I don't, do, I don't do anything with it. It's been sitting in my garage for like You got a truck. You can it. throw the 12-foot aluminum I got in my barn back there in the back of your truck and throw it in. Yeah. Or, um, no, I'm thinking about getting a motorized kayak. Oh. Become lazy and old. <laughs> <laughs> you just spend 1200 bucks on a 12, kayak. Man, there was a guy. I no, no, no. They're about, they're about four grand oh, for, with, with the trolling motor. Go buy one of those little, like, John boats. I sell them at work. I'll get yeah. you a good deal on them. <laughs> Put a troll motor on that fucker. There was a guy on our It's trip. supposed to be good bass fishing out there. Mm. There was a guy on our winyan trip that had one of those, like, those uh, kayaks where you like pedal. Oh, basically that. have pedals in it. Like no, nope, you nope. don't have to. You don't have to paddle at all. It's just no, pedals. Yeah, I know. And I know. Fuck that. I want to troll him. I, I, want, I want him in Coda. I pilot on it. He caught fish, and he was, I, at one point I saw him all the way on the main on the big lake. Oh well, yeah, and I was like, damn, that's man, cool. He, he wants like exercise and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like oh. it would do a lot of work. I want my uh, <laughs> my watercraft to have a motor for me. Yes. I'm Call me lazy. I don't care. I'm fucking old and lazy. Well, especially yeah. after this year experiencing iPilot. Oh, man. Yeah. I will never go back. <laughs> I should have. Cabela's had one for their Black Friday for 3500 bucks with a motorcraft trolling motor on it I with the GPS it, on it. It just still seems like a lot of work, even even if it's got, like, a motor on it, but a kayak itself, like, landing seem, a fish. Landing it doesn't a, seem comfortable. Like, it's, yeah, landing it, it, it a fish and dealing with everything, it seems... I there's a uh, I don't know what her name is, but there's a, a, a female that I, I I watch on YouTube all the time, and she musky fishes out on St. Clair in one of these oh my god crazy ones or these crazy kayaks, and she's super good, man. She catches a ton of fish, and like she's landing these forty forty five inch musky, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how the hell you do it, dude. Well, I mean, they're so wide you can stand up on a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but like, I can stand in my boat even better though. <laughs> <laughs> my, my cooler sits a lot better. But no, but I'm thinking though in the morning because I work second shift, I can get up, pull it to the pull it to the to the beach, and launch it, go out for a couple hours. I bought two of those eight foot long dolphin kayaks. Yeah, during shutdown. Oh, yeah, during COVID shutdown. It seemed like 200 bucks for both of them. You Did know? you ever use them? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sarah and her boyfriend used them way more than I did because I bought them for them as a Christmas present. But when COVID was shut down, there's this little golly lake that's Because you couldn't use a motorboat, you know. Right? Yeah, that was so So I was like, it's a cha- it was Chancellor right after Whitmer, ISO, you know? too. And I went over to this little tiny private lake that, it's not private, it's actually golly lake. It's a little probably 15-acre lake that's... Before you make the left to go down to Half Moon, there's a little lake on the right-hand side off of D32. It's called Gawley, and there's no launch there. It's a two-track coming back in. You push the boat in through a bunch of weeds. But it's got these gnarly pad beds in there and big, large mouth in it. Right. Me and Keith used to fish the 12-foot aluminum in there, and we're just, like, blown away by the bass in this lake. So when I'm throwing the kayak in and going over there and fishing, I'm not going to sit on my ass because Governor Witcher's, <laughs> Witchmer says we can't fish. <laughs> and I went out there, no life jacket on, and a little bit of, like, tackle on the back of it. And I got out in about 12 foot of water, and 
I've never fished in a kayak. That was like the first time that I was in that thing. And, the, and as soon as you load up the cast, the whole thing just went. <laughs> 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 and you set the hook and does the same thing. And I was like, I almost flipped myself out of that. And I was like, okay. I got over in about three foot of water and stayed in the shallow <laughs> stuff and fished. And I was scared to shit out of myself. After that, I was like, never again. I'm not going to. I've, well, fished, I've fished out of my kayaks a few times, but I've never caught anything on it. I'll say that. So it's like, you get into a rhythm with it, but it's. At the same time, like I, I North Woods has some nice to, kayaks, but they weren't motorized. <laughs> you know, for, you walk in. Yeah. Oh, no, we we went by the register, but if you go in the normal where everybody else goes in, all the kayaks are lined up there, and they're like seven, eight hundred bucks for a twelve foot. Yeah, kayak. I'm good. <laughs> like Sarah and I have done the trip from Portage Dam down to Hudson Mills. And I've brought an ultralight and fished that stretch of river. That's all shallow through there, but you can catch rock bass and smallmouth and pike all through that stretch. Yeah, I've done I've done from Hudson Mills all the way down to Delhi. I've not gone past Hudson we, Mills. We used to do we used to do that all the time. Me and my wife would uh, load the kayaks, and we'd take one car down down to Delhi, and then we would yep have the other car up there and then we would launch and then just kayak we didn't really fish it or anything like that just kind of drink and float down yeah the it's river like a two-hour trip is nice yeah yeah it's 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 something to do on a on a on a normal day or on a weekend day or something like that but it's uh it's super easy trek too going mm-hmm. down there like but I, I but as i'm going down there and i don't have a fishing rod in my hand i'm like oh man this is a nice fishing spot yeah. right here you know like there's there's some kind of like kind of rapid stuff in there too yep. like it, get, it picks up like especially yeah. in the spring it picks yeah, up we in the park, the... when you get into Delhi, there's a, a pretty good section of quick water through yeah, there yeah. yeah we gotta do the huron river this year if you're up for it i'm up for it just don't eat any fish yeah, don't eat no, 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 no. The, the bass fishing is really <laughs> phenomenal. Wade fishing for smallmouth. And this is the Huron River below LaForge Dam, which is just on the north side of Eastern Michigan's campus. We used to live there in apartments. I went to Eastern. So Todd and Troy and I used to fish every day down there in the summer because we lived there year-round. And basically walked from the dam down to Frog Island Park. And all you need is... Little mini fat wraps, little spinners, little mini tubes, oh. two-inch tubes, and you'll catch 50, 60 smallmouth. In, oh, it was a blast. We did it a few years ago. I had a, I had and you a never know time. what you'll catch in there, too. There'll be pike. There could be walleye in there. I saw one guy one time caught a, a beautiful, like, 20-inch rainbow trout. We were like, where the hell did that come from? Because <laughs> everything from Ford Lake can run up to that point, and it gets to the forage dam, and it can't go any further. So in the spring, there was really good walleye and smallmouth fishing in there. But in the summertime, if you want to just put on some tennis shoes and shorts and wade down and fish, you'll catch a lot of fish. A lot of smallies. Um, Nothing big, but it's fun. it's fun. But you use ultralight. On a 5-6 ultralight with 4-pound test, you'll have a ball. No. And the current of a 10, 12-inch bass feels good. And then you hook like a 16-inch or 18-inch largemouth. It feels like, oh, my God. It is Cool. That's a good time. Nope, I run 20-pound braid on my old delight. 20-pound braid. 65. We fished that I can fit 12 yards on that fucker. There's always four Seven rafts. Yep. One cast, and I'm spooled out. Yep. Doesn't give the fish any chance to run, you know? No. But they made a nice little park of that area. It used to be that. There used to be a paper mill there, and then they built condos on the other side. There used to be a paper mill factory. And now it's all kind of developed, but if you walk that area from the, the dam down to Frog Island Park, it's about a mile, mile and a half. And then you walk up along the tracks all the way back there to where you parked. 
And it's a nice little fishing afternoon fishing yeah, trip that like, you spend like two like hours three, on a river three, and catch yeah, two or three more hours, smallmouth yeah. than you can imagine sometimes. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was fun. Well, I enjoyed it. Hey. Except for the rocks and the shoes. But yeah. then, you know. There's only two spots in there that could be possibly five feet deep. There's two holes in there. One we used to call a shopping cart hole. You said a shopping cart that was washed up in this deep spot. <laughs> this sounds all right. Now, now we're talking. And everything off it's the all those Ann Arbor, Arborites, man. But there was always stuff in the river there. But there was a shopping cart for years in this one spot. We called it a shopping cart hole. And every time we get to that spot, it was always bigger fish in that, like, five-foot stretch of water. It only lasts about 30, 40 yards, and there was a little hole in that area. But, man, did that hold some big fish Ooh. in there. No shit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Honey hole. It honey was hole. the honey hole. The shopping cart hole. <laughs> shopping cart honey hole. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Mark, since we talked to you last year, recap your fishing year. Well, my fishing year was pretty good through Tuquamanan, and then afterwards I did some trips out to the west side of the state. I did a Muskegon River fishing trip. Oh, and yeah. I, and there was an awesome day that we caught pike and muskie and smallmouth. Keith and I did a Muskegon River trip after that, more like in the middle of the summer, where we fished from below Rogers Pond all the way probably three miles downstream to where the Muskegon River opens up to quite a big river. It almost looks like a lake in some areas. And if you haven't fished the Muskegon River, I mean, that's a good place to try something new on the west side of the state is drive up to Rogers Pond, which is off of 131. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive north of here. They got a nice launch that's just south of the dam below Rogers, and you can put in there and run your bass boat all the way down as, as far as you want to go until you get to Hardy, and then Hardy's another impoundment, and then Croton's after that. But that whole stretch of Muskegon River is just, it's a bonanza of good fishing, and there's good musky fishing in there, too, in, in oh. a stretch from Hardy Pond down. So, and now, then, are there, are, do any of those have, like, standing trees still? There's wood in the water there. you got to be careful for it. I mean, a lot of people but say, But nothing oh, that's standing, like, above the surface? No, 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 not in that area. I mean, Rogers used to be a, a flooded impoundment where there was wood out of the water, but it's all eroded out now, and it's all below the water. But that's the shallowest yeah. of those three impoundments. When you go to Rogers, they call it Rogers Pond. It is, it, it's the smallest of the three impoundments from there down to Croton. Yeah. And it's got good pike. I caught a 39-inch northern in there last year that was 18 pounds. So there are some big fish. And I caught smallmouth in there consistently with Troy. There were 18 to 20 inches, you know, four or five-pound smallies in there, too. So it's a good place to go if you want to get away from fishing on the east side of the state. The west side, there's so much to offer. Over there. There's too many damn people on the east side. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. My buddies had just sent me pictures a week ago of them doing their Muskegon River trip, and they caught two. One was a 50-inch muskie, and the other one was a 47, and then they caught two pike that were over 36. And this is just fishing from below Hardy Pond, or Hardy, the dam at Hardy, down. And that dam, this time of the year, according to them, the muskies stay up in that area well into, like, another three or four weeks in because in, the water temperature is cool. And they like that cool water below the dam there. So why don't we have a trip planned? I've been wanting to go up there and make a trip out of it. I'm, I'm This whole trip that we were going to do, me and the Keith, I mean, I contemplated making that run up there. And we, then we were like, no, let's go to Thornapple. No, let's go to St. Clair. They ended up going to Half Moon. <laughs> oh, man, how did that day change? Because <laughs> yeah, Keith didn't get his ass out of bed until 11 o'clock oh, when he God. got over here. I'm like, okay, it's a two-hour drive up there. Now we're going to have, th- you know, not a whole day to fish. I'm not, I'm not making a trip, so... 
you got to start kind of early. But if you leave door to door from here to get up the Mesquite River, it's exactly like two hours and fifteen minutes. And it's right off of one thirty one, so it's not a bad trip. No. If you guys want to make a trip up there, I would suggest it's, like now, between now and the next month is going to be prime time for. I mean, doing shit, Thornapple is like an hour and forty five. Yeah. Uh, are there any uh, campgrounds up in that area? That yeah, yeah. There's all kind of. I mean, between. Crone's got a campground, don't they? There's two campgrounds in Crone. There's campgrounds on Hardy. I mean, there's that's all federal forest area up there too. So there's plenty of camping up there. So I could I could haul the camper. He could haul the boat. Yeah, oh yeah, easily. I mean, if you wanted to start out like in Nuevo and fish the Croton area and then go up the Hardy Empowerment and then go up the Rogers or go opposite and work your way back down, you could easily do that and spend, you know, three days up there and fish a lot of water. Yeah. So yeah, we always have a look at Croton. Croton's got a big pike in it, too. Yeah. So I've been on the Muskegon River like many times, and, yeah. but really just on a kayaking trip that we go on. Right. And that's up in Nuego area. Yeah, you do yeah. pinks or something from the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's tight river, and, and like it's obviously before any dams or anything right. like that. So it's like it's really just us floating down the river. That's where we do our salmon river, fishing but. in the fall. Is usually it, we got a few spots on the Muskegon, a few, I'd say a mile or two south of the dam, Croton's Dam. We've got areas that we've found good stretches that we can get into. And, and wade fish and catch big salmon and lots of salmon at night. We do a lot of night fishing. Yeah, there. but it's once you walk. get above Croton Hardy, the the river opens up into some really wide areas where you would think you're on a lake more than you're on a river. Especially when it comes down into the dam impoundment areas. Like Croton is a pretty big body of water, so it's Hardy. But you got to go way upstream until it starts narrowing out into a river again. But the but so these are impoundments. Would you like equate them to like? Kind of like what we fish in Winya, yep. type stuff. Yeah, but, same same kind of situation. But I river, think river channel exactly mixed with like some flats and. But the impoundments aren't as full of wood as they are in Winya. Yeah, they're not like flooded lowland reservoirs. These rivers were pretty much established rivers that have been used for logging trade way before they were you know used for just you know, regular fishing trips and whatnot. But it's not. A stand full of wood like you have it with you. Right, right. These are pretty good sized rivers which open up into areas that are pretty massive in areas. And I wasn't afraid to take a 19 foot glass champion bass boat on it, you know. You got to watch for wood floating because anytime you're in a river impoundment, you got the wood that washes in when it rains hard, and then you got to look out for floating wood more than anything. So my boat, you could run my boat easily. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than to Quam. You know, it was a lot like the Muskegon River. Okay, so I would I would say they're real similar in in the fishing abilities, in the size, and in, the, in the, the current and whatnot. Until you get to the impoundment areas where it opens up, then it becomes like more of a lake. Okay, but I'm Google Earthing it as you guys are talking. We we, we should make a trip up to. A musky trip here shortly up to the Muskegon River, right below Rogers. As long as you give me a little, a couple days notice, and I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So, so Mark is the worst at giving notice on <laughs> anything. I call these like, guys at the last minute because I'm single it, and I do whatever the hell wait, I want. The other, the other night, you the other night you text me and you're like, "We're going to Thornapple tomorrow morning," and I'm like. 
fuck. <laughs> I'm doing the bed for work tomorrow. I know. These guys are they're young and married with families. I'm like, yeah, no. they going to make it. Well, that you, doesn't even matter. My wife doesn't give a shit. You can call me anytime. <laughs> like, I can make it happen, yeah. but I, I just got to have a few ha- days. Well, see, had I not just came back from Winya and I was off for like a week and a half, mm-hmm. I would have just been like, yeah, I'm not coming into work. I'm going when'd fishing. You go to, wait a minute. Wait, when did you go to Thornapple? They didn't. We didn't. We oh, were supposed they to. They went to Half Moon. Because Keith, couldn't, half moon. Keith couldn't get his oh, ass Keith. out of bed. Oh. Keith was a late riser again, so we ended up going to something yeah. local. That's the only problem with Keith. you, you got to tell him like four hours before you want to leave. Now, now remember, you're recorded. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's he hearing that. you. He knows that. <laughs> Keith knows it more than anybody. He's not. He's, he's like proud a, of it. He's not in a big hurry. And if you plan something with him and, and you say, we got to be here at this time, just plan on whatever time you want to be there, tell him two hours before. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. We want to leave at I'm 3 always, in the morning. Yeah. I'm always the first one here. Yeah. Because that's, that's the way it is. I mean, he's a great, he's a good guy to fish oh, with. Yeah. I had a great time. He's an excellent fisherman, but just, I don't know. I mean, I mean how many times have we gone out and you go, Keith, we're leaving. We'll meet us at the lake. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a lot of times we make our plans pretty quick, you know, and that's what yeah. I I'll text you guys out. I'll be like, yep. go into this tomorrow. I appreciate the invite, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like last summer. Just was don't, like, just do don't hey, be like, those we're, we're, hitting, we're hitting Thompson tonight <laughs> yeah. in yeah. two hours. <laughs> like, we do man. a lot of night fishing at the last moment because he gets off of work at, he works second shift. Keith does. And he'll call me like, let's go fishing tonight. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, so I'll just let everybody know at that point we're going to Thompson tonight. We'll meet us there. Well, we appreciate the invite. Don't think that we're assholes when yeah, we say keep no. It, keep inviting us, <laughs> keep at, the invites coming. Yeah, at, at some point, we'll take you up on it. It's just yeah. for the, us, most of the time, we got we hit a lot of lakes around here at night in the summer. Actually, this uh, the other day where we were on half moon and we're not half moon, but brewing and that. We're both like, man, I can't wait till summer nighttime fishing gets here because this spring fish can be it can be fickle. It can be great one day, it can be horrible yeah. the next. It depends on the, you know the water temperature. If yeah. they're bedding, are they done bedding? Are they staging? Can't yeah. find them off the drop off. They're not in the shallows. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I just like the the night fishing in the summertime is the best because you know that bite's going to kick off right after dark and it oh. stays good till one in the morning. And then, well, I was a believer that one time we went out yeah. last year. I always thought you guys exaggerated a little bit no. until we went out and we caught. You can, I don't even know what the hell we caught. On a good fifty night, fish, like on a good night, you'll catch fifty fish. You know, and and that's an average night on a lot of the night fishing lakes around here, yeah. I mean, especially Thompson. But we didn't catch any pike. Which no nope. surprising. Used to be there was quite a few at night, and that was one of the rare lakes that you were like catching northern at night. And really, yep, yeah, does. But I don't know if they have not been planting in there regularly or what. They used to put in so many hundred, like. 10, 12 inch pike every two or three years to try to control the the, the panfish. Pan yeah. But I don't know if they've been doing that lately because the pike numbers went from automatic 15 pike, you know, every time we went out to almost one or two, and that's it. And nothing almost at night anymore, which was really odd. Because that's, I don't know, I fish all my life, and normally, you know, they go out and expect to catch northerns at night fishing. But that was one of the lakes that. Consistently, you would catch them at night. I'm, I'm definitely into it. I definitely want to do the. I definitely want a night fish. Like we did. Where did I think it was on Tequamana? I think that we were we fished and we fished into the dark one night, and it was like the. Yeah. It was like one of the first times I've ever been casting in the dark, and yeah. I'm like, 
I don't know where the fuck this thing's going. Here we it's go. Weird. Zing. Yeah, you <laughs> just you just send it, it that direction weird. and yeah. just yeah, I can't I don't have anything to cast too. I'm just yeah. kind of just yeah, chucking it out to, there and hoping that I'm not you'll get used to it. it up on shore. You gotta kinda of, you gotta thumb your uh, bait caster a little bit so it doesn't hit the water and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, it was right. strange. It was it was a weird yeah, situation. I, a weird feeling. When we start, like, night, I was into it. I liked it. When we start night fishing, you know, they call me. Hey, we're going to Thompson. I'll call you. And yeah, we can go down on my boat. Yeah, like, I, well, just, I definitely. Just I want to get a pass definitely, too. Definitely give me notice. I want to get a pass too because even if I can only come out for a couple hours or something, yeah. I gotta so about get hours, off to Bob? go to work or something. But about two hours, Bob. That's all you're gonna get, <laughs> right? <laughs> For real, yeah. Like that's how it is. You're like, oh yeah, meet us at the launch in an hour, and I'm like, I'm in my jammies. Man. If, you, man. if you guys can let me know in the morning, <laughs> like by like nine in the morning, hey, yeah. we're gonna fish tonight. All right, I can, I can, I can plan out the rest of my day. But if it's like six o'clock and I'm driving home at night and I'm like, well, you're the, like, hey, we're going out fishing. I'm like, fuck. I think the best like, part. I, I, trust me. Every bone in my body wants to go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it definitely does, but I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm not going to get off the lake. I mean, we can just two. plan. I'm not going to get off the lake till 2 in the morning, and then i got to try to get yeah. up at 6 o'clock in the morning again. Well, the night that Mark yeah, and I went out, we only fished till like midnight, I think, right? Yeah, normally it's like from dusk and until we, about midnight or 1. And sometimes if the bite's really good, 10 a.m. And it's a beautiful night, we'll stay out <laughs> later, but usually. Four or five hours is all it takes to have a really good night out. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome too because you're not dealing with all the jet skis. You're nobody, not dealing with all nobody. The, you're not dealing with anybody. Yeah, that was so the best part. There was no Googans. I mean, there was quiet. a couple Googans as we were, yeah. you know, as we first got out there, a couple, couple guys blaring their speakers, playing some skinners yeah, yeah, or you something get some like people that. that cruise around the playing Freebird. Basically playing music and, and kind of partying. And then you get the most consistent people we ran into out there over like the last few years are the carp hunters. They come in sometimes from 10 o'clock, and they'll do a couple of laps around the lake, and they'll be gone. But they, I don't know, those guys were, they were out there a lot. We got bitched at by one lady one night. She's telling us, because we had headlamps on. She thought we were down to the carp hunters. You know, bright lights on. I was like, that's not us. That's the carp hunters, you know. It's shining your lights in our windows. I'm like, just go back inside and go shut to bed. up. Well, I got yelled at one night by a guy. Yeah, hey, Griffin was up here. And we took him fishing, and he cast on a dock. So I brought the boat up to the dock, got off, and the guy comes out. What are you doing? Oh my god! I go. He hung up on the dock. I'm getting it off. Why are you fishing this late at night? <laughs> <laughs> go back to bed. Hey, bro. None, none of your Shut business, up. bro. <laughs> go back to bed before god. I break your hip. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, easy. Oh my god. Keith and I rescued a guy in a kayak that was out there one night. It was a storm rolled in, and I was about to make the run back into the launch, and it was a bad storm coming in. And this guy, had, he, he had a house that his grandmother owned or somebody, mother-in-law, back by Stumptown. And he got out to the center of the lake and flipped his kayak over, and he's trying to swim back to shore with it because he didn't want it to sink because she would kill him <laughs> if he lost it. And we almost ran him over coming back to the launch, and I saw somebody in the water, like the head bobbing there, and yelled out to him, and he was, like, moments away from drowning. Jesus. Yeah, and we had yanked his kayak into the bass boat, dumped the water out of it, and he was shivering like crazy. He had been in the water for I don't know how long. He couldn't remember which way it was to his house, and the storm's coming in. So he ran us to the opposite end of the lake, and he was like, no, it's the other side, and we ran over the other side, and he just... 
His mother-in-law comes out, Marlboro hanging out of her lips, <laughs> curling in her hair, <laughs> bitching at this guy about, where you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she walked into a big orb, like those, those spiders that grow at the end of the dock. <laughs> Me and Peter watched her walk right into it. And he's wrapped in all her curlers. All and she started just slapping her head, screaming and that. like, you deserve that, you old nasty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of your, uh, your girlfriend on Whitmore. Yeah, with the Whitmore girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, I can just see this woman in slippers, a robe, mm-hmm. curlers in her hair, Marlboro Red hanging on her mouth. She was pissed at him. Got a like, dog's like he almost this. died, man. Well, give him a break. And she's like, yeah, well, you sick. You're going to lose your boat. You said Whitmore girlfriend. I want to hear more about Whitmore. Yeah. Whitmore right. girlfriend. You've all fished Whitmore at night. You know, the north end of the lake where the launch, where the, the beach is over there. Yo, I, I know Whitmore inside okay. now. It's like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little, like, small community of small houses and trailers up there. And it's, this lady started realizing that we were fishing there, like, a lot. And she started coming down and sweet talking. <laughs> bring them fish up here. I'll fry them for you, boys. And we're like, we keep it like nothing. How you doing? <laughs> Every time we're coming out there, she was like, she see the red lights on my boat come down here and start this, sweet talking us. We're like, oh, cigarette her, her glass of wine. Yeah, she had a glass of oh, wine man. and cigarette in her hand. Oh, like the bathroom slippers on. Come on up, I'll cook them fish for you, boys. <laughs> you never took her up on no, it. No, no. Like, well, go, not that they're admitting to. You think I'm saying on air. Yeah, do you want do you want me to pause this for a commercial break and you can tell us the rest of the story? <laughs> All right, so we're back and uh yeah, Mark definitely uh, <laughs> and that was my third wife. Soon to be divorced after that. Thank God that didn't happen. No, but she was sweet on oh. us. She stays out there and made a habit of coming down there to yell out to us. <laughs> oh, my wife wants to FaceTime me while we're podcasting. FaceTime, bring her on. Let's I go. Already. Let's go. Oh, you already cut her off. Yeah. Well, let's make the trip up to, well, you want to do a musky trip. Let's make a Muskegon River trip here in the near future. I'm within uh, you said within the month would be best time, right? Well, up until probably middle of June, that water stays pretty cool in there, and, and the muskies stay up by that dam, so it's good fishing through the middle of June up there. Okay, and they're catching them right now. I mean, two weeks within the last week, I got photos from my buddies that fish up there, and they they got some beauty. I got nothing on the agenda for the foreseeable future. So, okay. are you talking about Friday, yeah, I've, Friday, I've got, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, we could do it. You know, I've got. Well, there's camping up there we could do, or if you want, you know, there's plenty of places up there that I got friends that live up there that we can fresh at too. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a my oldest daughter graduating high school, so that's happening in the beginning of June, and then, but there might be a weekend here and there, and I got a daughter having another birthday uh-huh. in the May. So it's like, <laughs> Even if it's a day just, trip, just, if just we got let up me know. and made the two-hour drive and fished the day and came back. Well, like I said, th- uh, Thornton Apple's an hour and 45. Yeah. I don't mind making a day trip, getting well, up early, fishing all trip. day. Well, yeah, it's all day, but let's just let's just pick a weekend and then try. Yeah. To, try Hell, to I can do it. during the week, Mark. If like you got a day off during the week, I could do that too. Anytime. Yeah, if you same uh, here. I don't need any. Let's talk schedules after this, and mm-hmm. uh, 
Anything that knows before 2 p.m. Well, my schedule in. sucks. So, <laughs> hey, Mr. Army Man. Yeah, no, you're married to Uncle Sam. Hey, yeah. hey you're going to go do some prospecting up in the west side yeah, of the state, okay? Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm in. I'm in like fleeing. So, well, your, your, uh, your summer of fishing got derailed by bringing up the Muskegon River. What else did you do? Uh, oh, any um, other fishing? Or? In the fall, I had the the glorious heart attack on October 5th and that sidelined me from salmon fishing and pretty much everything else. I did deer hunt after that and I got a, I got a deer which was nice but pretty much derailed my fall fishing in which, really which is like the best fishing. Yeah. So I was lucky it didn't turn into anything horrible. I mean I had chest pains on the October 4th and I was like oh this is indigestion. I just ate a whole <laughs> Like medium pizza myself. <laughs> and I, and I'm laying in bed, sitting up against the headboard, going, I can't lay down. Indigestion hurt. And what was that? Was the precursor to the next night after I ate a Bertoli Alfredo <laughs> meal for two all myself. <laughs> and again, I'm sitting at my computer at my desk up there, and I'm like, all of a sudden, my heart. You got the twinge down both arms, the cold sweat, and everything. I'm like, I started looking at my phone. What's the symptoms of a heart attack? <laughs> yep, you're having all of them. <laughs> Jesus. So I had my daughter drive me up to Howell's Hospital here in McPherson, and they're like, yeah, you're having a heart attack. And they sent me right down to Trinity Hospital in Ann Arbor, and they did angioplasty on me for three days, kept me in the hospital. They said, you were just this far away from having a Widowmaker. I'm like, great. Great. I don't have a widow leave behind us. There's no widows, but yeah. all right. So now I'm on a good diet and I quit smoking and I'm feeling much better. You look better. Okay. You I look lost better. like 15 pounds. So yeah, I eat. I eat like trash for 30 years and smoke. So I guess it catches up to, up to you. It does. Eventually, yeah. you got to go. Like you know, got to cut some of that crap out of my diet. You would have smoked about six cigarettes by now. I would have oh, more than that. Easy. <laughs> He'd have been hot boxing this yeah. shit. Yeah. It'd have been a haze been, been of lighting, smoke. Been lighting cigarettes with cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's been easy for me ever. I've always had like times I've got like you go through those periods where you get really sick and you can't smoke and I'd quit. And then it'd be sometimes a year and sometimes two years and then I always start again. Then you hang around with everybody or your buddies smoking. It makes it hard to stop, you know. Yeah. Well, it's only Keith now. Well, Keith is the last one that really yeah. refuses to give it up. And he drinks Coke like it's oh. like water. I, I feel bad, <laughs> you know, because I know what my diet was like and everything. And I look at him, I'm like, Jesus. You know, he's doing the same thing I am, but he's drinking like 12 regular Cokes a day yeah. plus smoking and Jesus. eating the crap. Like, See, Bobby and I used to look at her like, oh, man, Mark's been doing this shit till he's 60. We could do it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. You've been the whole reason that my diet's been shitty yeah. for the last, like, 10 years. Like, you know, every artery in my heart was like, yeah, he's all clogged up now. <laughs> God. I wasn't feeling, like, the ill effects. I mean, I thought I was getting slower around cutting wood and everything. I'm, like, I'm just getting older and getting a little yeah. slower. But it was... A lot of restriction of flow. Once yeah. I opened everything back up, I feel fine. But yeah, it's good. Good now that I'm on a healthy diet, and I feel much better. I'm just glad it did take me out. I guess so. But it <laughs> fucked up my salmon fishing. All the time. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're glad it didn't. We're, 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 yeah. we're glad it didn't take yeah. you out yeah. either. Yeah. And yeah. Fuck, fuck that salmon yeah. fishing yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Well, you're you're here to do it this year. And that's a good thing, right? There's but, a stretch called Heart Attack Hill coming out. Of oh the, yeah, where we fish is just like. 
I'm not going to say where the rip. I'm going to give it away. It's, it's, it's a good but, spot. It's but about the, a mile. It, it's, it's a quarter mile. No, it's more than that. You think so? Yeah, it's about a mile. No, that's not that far. Yes, it is. It's a half mile. No. But anyways, the elevation from where you park the truck and you go down to the river, it drops a lot. And there's a section before you get down to the river that's a good 35, 40 degree angle. We called it Heart Attack Hill. We used to drag salmon out of there every night, you know. And by the time you got to the top of that hill, you were like, <laughs> where, where, where is this at? In Muskegon. <laughs> Actually, it's Muskegon River, New Ago area. Oh, okay. So below Croton. Yeah. And some of these salmon were, you were pulling like three fish out a limit for each guy, and they'd be 25, 30 pounds of fish. So you're pulling like 80, 100 pounds of fish no. out every time. Yeah, yeah, I pulled them out the first year I went. Yeah. And I, that, that hill coming out of there, <laughs> oh would, my God. it would have killed me in the fall if I didn't have that heart attack precursor to that. Because if I'd have been trying to drag them out in that condition, it probably would have been the place that it got me. No shit. Yeah. I took my wife to Tippy Dam one time, and it, it wasn't actually Tippy Dam. I don't really know where the hell we were at. I just followed some signs and <laughs> ended up going to a fishing area. But you got to a spot where you went down a hill, and it was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was straight down, kind of zigzagged a little bit. And I'm like, where the fuck are we going? And we get down there, and it's a beautiful looking river. And we we sat there and we fished for a couple hours. Never caught a damn thing. There's a few other guys fishing, but we had to come back up the hill. It about fucking killed me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was probably rivers. 10 years ago. I, I I still to this day don't know. We were camping in Ludington, hmm. and we drove around. I, like, Googled uh, Tippy Dam on my phone. We went to Manistique River then. Probably. Okay, probably. Yeah. But I don't know where we were at because we weren't by a dam or anything. It was just a section of river. But this, this hill that went down there was like, man, like, I felt like if I – if I tripped, I was going. I wasn't going. I wasn't stopping until I hit something on the bottom. Well, those are it was that, and it was paved too. It was it yeah. was asphalt all the way down there. No, the, the the trail we take back in is definitely not asphalt. No, it's, it's a little two track dirt road that goes back to a parking spot, and then you hike in through. It's I think it's state land that we go through down to the river bottom, but it's a good half mile hike in. And then once you get in there, you got to go sweat warm, you know, because you've been hiking. And in fall, sometimes it could be 60 degrees out, you know, in October. And, you know, you got waders on. You got waders on. on you you, you dress for when it gets colder. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's your sweaty mess by the time you get out of there. Yeah. Fish out. But it's worth it. I mean, but no. I don't know. I've only caught one fish. No, I've had some. <laughs> man, you, you uh, got a, a knack for that, not catching yeah, any yeah, fish, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we got Keith in there one time and he caught one fish too. But yeah, we've had many nights in there where we we were standing in waist deep water and twenty five thirty pound kings are just bumping into you, boom, boom, yeah. boom, oh, almost shit. knocking you off your feet because they're they're coming up on these shallow beds to spawn. And after dark, it just gets people stand out there all day long fishing and you watch them, you know. And these fish are hunkered down in the holes, and then as soon as daylight goes away they just come out of the holes and start swarming what are you using when the, in the nighttime you use like little spinners or no most of it's a three-way swivel with a small dropper two number eight split shots on that and then probably 24 inch tag line off the back of the three-way and then you have a single salmon hook with an egg on it or troy ties these salmon flies that we run around the back and two so, of them. They, two of them. You yeah. run two flies and a Palomar knot, and you just cast those out and just bottom bump them out through the beds. And, and just nighttime, or they're just they're yeah. picking that up? Or yeah, they're smelling picking it. Or? Well, you're, you're bumping a lot 
not a fish, sometimes not in the mouth. But no, you're, okay, <laughs> okay. You, you, the hookup percentage is probably 50% of the time you, you're not hooking them in the mouth. But they, yeah. the thing with salmon are when they're on the beds and you're positioned in the right position and you know where they're at, and Troy's an expert at this. He can sit in one spot and go, okay, I can see him. I, he watches the, for them to rise, and he knows exactly where they are. And he he makes his cast where he can just he can send that fly right down into their mouth in the beds. And after you get in the right spot in the right position, you know how far out you're casting because it's dark out, and you don't want to leave your light on because you'll spook them. You get to the you get into a, like a rhythm where you just get the feel of it. It's a, it's a feel fishing thing more than anything. You can't go down there expecting to just like see what you're doing. The only time you ever turn your red light on is when you got a fish on or when you're untangling crap off your line. But it's pretty cool. Hmm. It's kind of scary when you first get out there. Hmm. I'll admit, I was a, I was a little little more than nervous <laughs> the first time wading out there and you know in hip deep water in the Muskegon River. Depending on where the water level is, it could be a scary place if you step in the wrong spot. Yeah. Because there will be spots where it'll be five, six foot deep and it'll, it'll it might only be 15 yards of it, but then it'll pop back up to shallows again. But if you're in waders, the last thing you want to do is just go in over your head, you know, yeah, <laughs> at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And you, you do the shuffle, you know, you shuffle out there because you, you don't want to pick your feet up because <laughs> well, you don't yeah. know where they're going to end up. The current's pretty strong, so when you get in a spot that you like, you got to dig in and kind of face into the current and you just plant yourself in there and find the right spot. And before it gets dark, you want to be down there an hour before dark. And then you watch and then you watch and see where the fish are moving, where they're rising. And you know where the beds are from past fishing areas. And you say, okay, I want to be right in this spot and I want to cast that far out. And it's all about locating. And once you get into that zone and you've got to narrow down, then it can be like, you can be hooking fish pretty regular. Oh, sure. Yeah, I want to get into fishing different areas. And, like, I always, in the summertime, I always fish the same shit every year, same lakes. Like, I want to try some new spots. There's so many lakes in the state. Yeah. The west Especially side the, the west side. I haven't beautiful. touched the west side. Yeah. I've never fished the west I mean, side. that trip we took, well, that week we went up there, that yeah. was that was a good trip. We, we stayed at Troy's fish. and Tom and I went from New Wago White Cloud area all the way up to Traverse City. And we, we hit Torch Lake. Um, no, we hit Charlevoix. Char- Charlevoix. And, and Crooked Lake Crooked up there. Crooked Lake. We did the Indian River chain and fished a bunch of other stuff. But there's just the, the fishing on the west side is, in the fall, it can be just a mixed bag of anything. And especially you know. trout and salmon start moving. There's trout in all those rivers. There's salmon in the, in the fall. And then and steelhead and stay in there almost all through the winter and spring. So you never know what you're going to catch in the smallmouth fishing, and and there's musky in a lot of those waters out there too. So if you fish Muskegon Lake, everything that comes out from the big lake comes into Muskegon Lake, and boy, it's a mixed bag in there too. You can catch damn near anything in that lake, yeah. and they've got. And if you've never been to Muskegon Lake, we should plan a trip there too nope. because tremendous bass and pike and walleye and the only thing i've ever fished on the west side is lake michigan which i won't fucking do again after last year (laughs) (laughs) and then uh when i was younger my dad and i fished uh, pier marquette lake and hamlin lake Mm. um what's the other one over there pentwater we fished those yeah just like downriggers and you know fish for salmon not catching shit but i've never done like any of the shit you guys have been doing muskegon river if you want to pull your camper out and like Camp at Croton. That's they got a beautiful campsite at Croton and Hardy. Yeah. You can pretty much. 
I know all the inland lakes in that area from fishing with Troy for the last 20 years out there. So there's some good lakes. There, there's a bunch of good what lakes. What was that out little there. Crystal Lake? Crystal Lake has got walleye in it. I yeah. Mean, there's a lot of inland lakes where they like Fremont Lake, good fishing. I mean, there's yeah, a bunch Fre- of lakes. Fre- out Fremont there. is Diamond where... Lake, Bill's Lake. There's so many. Nuego County is a sportsman's paradise. I mean, really, my buddy moved out there back in like 90, 89, 90. And I was like, Really, you're going to the west side of the state? I thought he was nuts for leaving all the fishing out here. Then once I realized how good it was out there, I was like, dude, you got made out here. Yeah, Fremont is where we go kayaking and yeah. stuff every... I feel like there's got to be less people over there, too. Like There is. I mean, they don't get not, hammered. Yeah. Mu- the fishing that's done out there is mostly meat fishermen. I mean, when you go out in the waters, like McLaren Lake and, and Croton there, you go out, you see a lot of bluegill fishermen, a lot of perch fishermen. You don't see a lot of bass fishermen. They have tournaments out there on some of those bigger impoundments and lakes. But the inland lakes that are scattered all throughout there, they don't get hammered for bass yeah. like they do around here. I love fishing in empowerment. Oh yeah, like, it's just that—that that is my style of fishing. Yeah, yeah. Like I love current, and I love you know, like well, we've done just, it for just all years. The, the terrain <laughs> and the in the the different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've done it for our whole lives. So like fishing that kind of water is just. I grew up money. river fishing. I grew up river, river fishing, and and that, that's how I yeah. learned to fish was on a river here on river in Flat Rock and below the dam there. So for me, once you become a good river fisherman. It's really easy to to go to impoundments or other river systems and kind of. I think it's easier to find fish on river impoundment systems than it is sometimes on a big lake that you're unaware of where the structure is, where the holes are. Right. You know, there's no current. You know, you're looking, you're fishing wind more than you are anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, I'm not and, a fan of the big water. I mean, even like St. Clair, like. I know it's great fishery, but like I would much rather fish a small yeah. body yeah. of water, river, shore busting, structure fishing. Yeah. Like I don't know, yeah. like you go to St. Clair and you just got just horizon and you know, yeah. you're fishing a weed bed that's fucking four miles long, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you don't know uh, where to start when you get out that's there. Gotten, yeah. We went to shallow void. Yeah. Yeah. I mean other than the wind that was Whipping yeah. up there, yeah. I mean, Charlevoix, Torch, those are huge lakes. Where do you yeah. even start a big lake yeah. like that? We started know? upwind and basically said we're going to fish this side down this bank because we can run the wind with it. And all of it was like thirty feet off the bank, all sand, bang, straight into sixty foot of water. One fish, yeah. You, we, you caught one pike yeah. up there, I think. Yeah. That was it. But that was a tough lake. I mean, and it, we got on a windy day out there oh. too. Oh man, yeah. it was. We had to ride probably a good four miles north and then we cut into this section of the lake where they had a little uh, car trolley a ferry that went across it was like you drove your car onto this thing and they had cables that went across mm-hmm. from one side to the other and that was on back. charlevoix, charlevoix right? yeah. yeah so we went yeah, into that, that section of the lake because the drive around charlevoix it's, it's like, 11 miles long yeah it's like 45 minutes or something like that to go all the way around the lake it's or something lake. crazy yeah it's a long lake so to get to the other side like yeah. You take that. It was uh, a good what, twenty minute run from where we yeah. launched from to easy. get to, yeah, to I mean, get it to was that easy twenty minute run because we went all the way down to the point where we turned and made the corner into that. It's got it's a big long lake and it's got like a horseshoe that cuts off one corner, and that's it's like a bay. And we went we got to fish in there because it'll it'll keep us out of the wind. And, oh, it was a rough ride. And yeah, we we we, we did a, a a pounder across that lake to get to that section so we could fish in relative. You know, harmony with not having to freaking dance on two foot waves all day and do the rollers, yeah. you know. 
And that wasn't even a boat traffic day. We were there on a weekday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fish, I then fish, we went to Crooked. Now we're a good day. I fished uh, Intermediate Lake uh, a few years back, and it was like just going out there. Like we went, we went out there on kind of on a whim and stayed in a cabin like right on the lake. And uh, I took the girls out in a, in a 12-foot aluminum, 14-foot aluminum, whatever it was, and I'm like trying to figure out where the hell am I going to start on this lake, you know? And mm-hmm. it was like, it's part of the Elk River chain. It's all part of that Bel Air, mm-hmm. Intermediate Lake, Skigamog, all those. Uh, and it's all really good water, but I was like, I know there's a river chain that runs through here. So I find current, find weeds, and I'm going to hook into fish. I think I caught a couple of pike out there. Mm-hmm. And just a, like a, a few hour outing with my girls, just trying to get out there and do a little bit of fishing. But it was like little things like that. Like, But it was like it really impressed me that fast that I was able to like get in, get on some fish really quick. And on a lake I didn't even know, never been on in my life, and just like, all right, where the hell can I find fish? And I had nothing. I had no gear. I had nothing. I had all. I had a. I had a. I had a, like a couple trays I brought with me, mm-hmm. and a rod, mm-hmm. and I had a couple kids in the boat. <laughs> I'm, like, the best I'm like looking over the side of the boat. And I'm like, I can see weeds here. I got polarized glasses, and I'm like, all right, I can see the current moving. I'm like, all right, right here. This is going to be the well, like spot. When we went this to Long Lake last year, yeah. you guys launched, and I. Got the shard open and I go, I look at the chart. Oh, right there. That's like a nice rock pile in the middle of the lake. So we take off and I look and there's Mark and Keith Hens right for the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that too. Uh, we could all see the same <laughs> thing. The north side of the lake was just studded with a bunch of rock piles. So like, we went out there. We all look at the same graphs. And you guys didn't catch anything out there. I caught a walleye out there. I go, I was out there like five minutes to caught a walleye. Oh, this is going to be a good, good day. That was it. Every time I've that was a, it. You know, every time I've caught a walleye, I, I wasn't targeting a walleye. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. every single time, and I've always caught. I've caught some nice walleyes. And every time but you're targeting, every time you don't I'm targeting, I never fucking catch a walleye. We ever. went Troy's trip. Well, Troy's house. We went to Rogers to go walleye fishing. Mm-hmm. Minnows, and I, I don't fish live bait, but threw a minnow out on a jig head. Oh, there we go. All right. Pull it in. What is it? Like a 32-inch northern. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that, that exactly. I've caught some of my best fish not targeting what I'm actually trying to catch. The only time I've Every had time. luck targeting walleyes on any inland lakes is Whitmore at night. There's a bite for walleye on that. Yeah. yeah but you have, but my dad, you my dad used though. to have mm-hmm. on on that lake. My dad used to have it down. Mm-hmm. He used to he used to drag crawlers at a, at a yeah at a certain speed with his trolling motor. Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't use the main motor. Crawler when he would drag them. Yeah, yep. he would just drag crawler harnesses at at a really slow speed in a certain hole on a certain part of that lake. And I can tell you exactly where it's at by the church. Nope. No. It's where the two sections come together and there's a deep channel. Yeah, there's like there's kinda, like a valley kinda, right in the middle of the more, lake. More yeah. towards the, the middle marina. Of the lake. More towards the marina. Yeah. And um and he could go out there every day. I've watched him catch like three or four walleye. In, in yeah, one. when we catch some nice pike out there too. Like, yeah, but it was yeah. only. I mean, that was middle of and summer on though. Like, mm. it had to be. Yep. 
Yeah, it had to be crawler harnesses. Had to be at a certain like he had it down. Yeah. Like, and well, that, was, and that was before that, we, that was the only thing he would do. That on was before that we side. really had like some decent mapping too. We were just going off of like yeah. we just had just old school depth finders. Yeah, didn't really have the map to like follow the brake line. So we're just like going in a direction, and you're just watching the graph. And if you start getting shallow, you just start steering <laughs> one way. Like we're trying to stay right on that drop off. And I, I think a certain part of that was just experience with him on that lake too because he had been fishing that lake his whole fucking life so oh, he's been out there so he lots. he knew yeah. like certain spots and oh, like yeah. he didn't even have to look at the graph to know that he's oh, no. in 15 foot of water he knew you get you go to one spot and you line up between this house and <laughs> that house that, yeah. and <laughs> exactly. you pretty much just go in that straight line right. and you're gonna stay on that yeah that, that's how we grew up fishing whitmore lake was yeah. that we knew yeah. like all right right out and right out in front of this church is exactly where or this yeah. Yeah. this house yeah. Exactly yeah. this part lined up with this part, you know, you're yeah. right here. That's old There's school fishing, man. Right Nowadays, now. you got to have all the electronics. Yeah, you got to have right. forward facing sonar that tells you where the fish are. I, I mean, th- those are all. How'd great. that work out for you, Tom, up in yeah, Kawamano? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Tom's got all the, the live scoop and everything. Yeah, I want to be able to see the muskie yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we went to Kwamenon, Tom had live scope, and we're like, "Fuck, he's gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna murder we us didn't on see this trip. Anything. He, they're gonna catch, they're gonna catch way more fish than us because he's got this like super awesome tool." Yeah, but that doesn't work so well when you're in shallow stump fields because you you pick up all kind of targets in that stuff. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. and the weeds are high. It's yeah. I heard it also doesn't work when your boat is in the parking lot of Walmart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks when you're in the parking lot. Or when the boat is, is sinking in the water. And... There's a time and a place and it's not the parking lot. I, I had a jab at you there, yeah, Tom. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. No, that's going to be karma, though, with your boat. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. You better knock on wood and I'll apologize to the fishing gods. Yeah, knock on wood. Keith, on our trip out the other day, brings up Hudson. We should go to Hudson. We haven't oh, been there God. in three years. No, I'm like no. you know why we stopped going to Hudson because every day was we catch two or three really nice fish, and then the rest of the day would be oh you lose no. a lot. Oh, that, you lose but a that's the thing. Like there, there are some massive fish in there. There are big fish it, in that lake. There's some but there's big. There's big, between. There's big musky out there. There's yeah. big yeah. bass. There's all big, you can do. I big did stuff. But it's a matter of like it, they are far and few in between, yeah. and they yeah. are hard hard to hit because that water is so. It's pea suit. Yeah, it is yep. so like dark. You I know lost about a three hundred dollar rod set rod and reel setup out there. We we spent the night out there one night. Yeah, so I'm out there. Two boats. He he took the hydro out there. He took my champ out. It's about four o'clock in the morning. You know, you're half asleep. I cast out. And it was dewy and stuff. He threw the bowl, threw the bowl off it out. So Ryan, Ryan has a story about losing a fishing rod. <laughs> this this latest fishing like, yeah, It was about a $250, $300 rod and reel setup. He's dumped it in the water. All right, so I, I guess I will admit openly on this podcast that I have never lost a fishing rod. <laughs> You better knock on wood again, yeah. man. I've never lost one. I've busted them on the boat, but I've never you know lost one. I've broke, I've broke some tips. I've done some dumb shit with you know rods. Who has, you know who has lost a rod also? Yeah. My eight-year-old. <laughs> that happened. That literally happened a week ago. That happened a week ago, wouldn't you? We were, uh, we were motoring out, and it was pretty cold out that day, and he was wearing uh, – I gave him some hand warmers. He's wearing some gloves, so he took them and stuffed them inside his gloves. And so he's holding his rod, and I'm like, you're not going to be able to grip the pole, bud. And he's like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, <laughs> and he was like, you know, typical eight-year-old arguing everything I said. I'm like, okay, you got it. 
we pull up to the spot and it's like 10 feet of water. We're going to drift into some shallow spots. And I don't need, I just step up front and he starts screaming from the back. And I look back and I see the pole just going <laughs> right down the water. He went to cast and like, he couldn't grip it. And the, and the bale, he was having a hard time. It was the first time using like a spinning reel open face. And so the bale kept closing. So the bale closed, the lure didn't go out and it like just the whole thing just went bloop. <laughs> and it, and if we were fishing in the shallow stuff we've been fishing, like I would have been able to get it, but it happened to be like a 10 foot spot. Spot. Oh, just straight down no, and he's it. freaking out screaming and i'm like well, it is what it is now i can tell him hey i've pulled in rod before now i can tell him to make him feel better uh tom did it and he's you know <laughs> tom did it with a brand new outfit and tom did it. he's yeah, uh, you know, a lot older than so you. he called me up and he he called me and he's like hey have you left yet and i'm literally on my boat got everybody loaded onto the boat and i'm getting ready to i'm undoing my dock lines and i'm like what's up man and he's like yeah I, can you grab my rod that's leaning up against the tree next to my cabin? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, <laughs> maybe it was tax back. I can't remember. No, I called I mean. you. Yeah, you called me. He's like, yeah, Jackson Roth lost his fishing rod, and uh, I need another one out here. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't say shit. I didn't say shit. There was, like, there was a ton of opportunity here to just, to just like really poke Living and literally. really poke the bear here. And I was like, Cool. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I hung up with him, undid my dock lines. We drove down to his dock, and I kicked out one of my kids. Like, Go grab that fishing rod. And they grabbed it, brought it back. I came up to him. I, we found him on the lake, and I come up to him, and I just hand him a fishing rod, and he's like, I can't remember. I had, I had just gotten my son calmed down. He, yeah. Well, he had just caught a fish. So we all, and then he's all excited. He forgets about his, losing his rod, and he's, he's pulling up to me, and I was like, don't poke the bear. <laughs> I just got him calmed down. <laughs> I literally, I handed him the rod. And I Don't say off. a fucking I word. Say a word because there were so many opportunities there just to like just Don't to really rag some ass. Oh, man. But I was like, all right, yeah, that's a that's a tough day. That's a tough day. You was now I I well, knew I knew that that was a new fishing rod for him too. Last so. year, oh, it was brand yeah. new. I just bought him. I know. So I was like, I mean, I, I didn't really, like, yeah. I, did, I didn't really care because you know it is what it is. But last year we broke two rods on that trip, so. This year we just lost one, so it's uh, we're still ahead of the game. So, but now growing yeah. up, we used to carp fish behind Troy's house, which was above the Flat Rock Dam on the Heron River, which is as big as a lake right there. And his mom and dad owned the Heron River Sports Center for years. And I worked there, and Troy, Todd worked there, the whole family. They owned that place for probably I don't know ten or twelve years, but we would always stock up on fiberglass poles like pistol grip bait casters that were five and a half six foot long and just buy Zebco 33s and 202s and load them up with 20 pound tests and then we'd put 10 of those out on the bank and throw a huge can of corn out and carp fish and of course a few of those went shooting right over the break wall and just never came back. And we'd be like, oh, well. You know. yeah. <laughs> or you'd hook a 25-pound carp on one of those, they'd just go, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> melt the gears in them, and they'd be done. <coughs> but oh, luckily, man. never lost a really high-dollar outfit fishing. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't a $300 outfit that Tom lost. Yeah, he yeah. just ordered that, too. He didn't yeah. tell us about it until, like, weeks later. We're like, yeah. He was too embarrassed to tell us. It was a brand new Citica reel. Brand new, and I, I can't remember what rod it was. I bought, but it was a hundred plus dollar rod. 
$150 reel. You ain't getting it back out of Hudson either. Like, no. Give no. me a break. No. 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 You lose it six inches below yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. yeah. afford the water. You'll never find it. Yeah. Yeah. That water is the greenest shit you ever see. Well, if, if my son had happened to be using like a floating lure or something, I might have been able to get it back. <laughs> but no, he's using like a spinnerbait or a daredevil. But, I ain't going. Yeah. It happens. At least he didn't throw it in on purpose like I did as a kid. <laughs> I guess that, that's probably a story we never told. Yeah. No, I don't really know the full story because I was so so little. But. I was old enough. I remember. I remember every minute of it. It was hilarious. I like, remember it, but I don't remember the details. But what did yeah. you, get, you get upset and throw the rig? Yeah, so Bob, Bobby can tell whatever he remembers. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I had to have been around ten, twelve years old or yeah, something. Like I, that. I, I, I couldn't have been five because it was a Snoopy pool. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, you were. He's five years younger than me, so mm. he's he had to have been five, six, seven, somewhere around there. And we were fishing the uh, the dam on the northern end of Hubbard Lake. It's the uh, it's like the south branch of mm. the Thunder Bay River, or whatever that comes out of there. And uh, we were fishing on the on the north side of the dam, and there's these like big pike stack, stacked up in there. We could just see them all throughout there, and we're like. We're throwing lures at them like all day, just like constantly, like trying to throw. And they're, they're not hitting anything. Like these fish come up and they just kind of sit, like facing into the current, and they're just. But it's so clear we can see them. Yeah. We can see it's them. Frustrating. See them. Yeah, super frustrating. <laughs> and so Ryan, at five years old, is sitting there casting his Snoopy pole <laughs> with a spoon or whatever, and trying to catch these fish, and nothing's biting. Nothing. And we caught nothing all day. And uh, we were fishing from shore, you know, just kids mm. doing our thing. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some more that goes to the story. But, like, I remember at some point, like, he, he kept casting. He's bitching to my dad about the fact that we can't catch these fish that we can literally see, you know, 15 <laughs> feet in front of us. And at a certain point, he just... He just takes a Snoopy pole that he's he snoo whatever it was you know it was, it was like it was a push button Zepco or a, or a small Snoopy pole and he just takes it and he chucks it right, into, <laughs> right into the river he's like fuck this chucks it and he turns around and he's walking away and my dad's like what the fuck man like so like my dad was dealing with something else with the at the time like so my dad he's was like he, my dad put me on top there's like this little like pump house building that right there and it's like it's only like five six feet high the, the roof on this thing he put me on top of it well this lady that lived lived right by there came out of her house and started yelling and screaming she came down running down to the dam and was she kept yelling, young man, you need to get off that building, young man, you need to get off that building. She's like yelling and screaming, and my dad's like, and my dad, he's like 30 years old at the time. He's like, bro, chill out, you know. Like, he's fine. Like, I put him up there, you know. And she's like, no, he needs to come off there and stuff like that. So my dad's dealing with that. And then Ryan's like trying to catch fish. And he can't catch any fish. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> so my dad's dealing with this lady. This lady who's losing her mind, bringing me off of the building. At the same time, Ryan chucks his shit in the river. My dad has to go into the river to grab his fishing pole and bring it back out. It, it, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a big a, thing. That's a story I've heard so many times. Oh, my times. God. I have heard that story from my dad a thousand he tells times. But I, I do re I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I could tell you all about I, that. I can, I, it's, that's so funny, man. I had, to be, I had to have been five or six year old, and I can remember exactly what that river looked like. Yeah. Like it I was can, great. And that, that building you were standing on, I can 
vividly yeah. remember like a picture memory. I don't really remember <laughs> any details of it, but I can remember the fish and everything in there. Like that's crazy that you have that type of a memory, but. Yeah, I, I remember it like it was yesterday too. Like I remember that these pike were huge, man. Like they were, they were probably weren't even pike. They were probably like fucking salmon. Who the fuck knows what they were? But they, I mean, they were stacked up. They were, they were, they were, they were nose to the current and just kind of sitting there, <laughs> and we could see them. And they'd move off and they'd come back in. And so we knew they were fish, and they just kept coming in. And there was, they were all over in there, and we're throwing everything at them like, oh, it's gonna bite. Ugh, they don't fucking move, and you're like, oh man, what the hell is going on with these fish? Yeah, I've been there. Like this, this fishing trip sucks. <laughs> I was on. Uh, that was so. That was the year in at, at Winya. It was so we went up. We were gonna go up to Winya, but uh, what they did for whatever reason, they had to they had to drain the whole. Flowage. They had to drain the whole. They had to work on the dam. They had to work. Yeah, that's what it was. The dam was fucked up, and they had drained everything. So the only thing that was running through Winya was the river channel. That was it. So everything else was mud. Was solid mud. So we didn't go to Winya that year, and we wound up going to Hubbard because we had a friend or something that like that lived near Hubbard, and we went to Hubbard and did that kind of thing. We fished the lake. Didn't have any luck in the lake, so we were like, we just went to the dam that one day and tried it out there. But it was like, that was the whole reason we went there that year. We never did that shit again. (laughs) (laughs) It was a shit show of a day. I remember my dad losing his mind because he's like trying to get me off the building and this lady's fucking screaming at him. Ryan's throwing his pole. It all happened at the same time. You know my dad. Like he's got, he's got, he has a fuse that's about that long. (laughs) You know, so he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> losing his mind. <laughs> yep. Good times. Man, we were shitty kids. <laughs> you, you were a shitty kid. <laughs> Throwing your fucking balls in the, in the goddamn drink. You used to get really pissed when we would go do things, and you were, you were, I remember when I first met you guys, you were probably six, seven years old. Yeah. And he was, you know, like, we're going hunting or you're doing this, and he would want to come and he you couldn't yeah. you get pissed. Nope. <laughs> I got so I got so pissed one time that I couldn't go up to deer camp that I snuck in the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I snuck yeah. and I hid in the back of the truck and they couldn't find me. They were freaking out. It's another story I've heard for fucking ever. Yeah. I remember, they, I, I, think, remember that I think Guido too. ended up finding me in the back of the truck or something like that. Yeah, he was hiding like tucked, under a blanket in, or something. Tucked in underneath a sleeping yeah. bag or something. <laughs> Motherfuckers yeah, don't want to take me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going. I don't care what you say. I'm going. You get pissed. That's where it all started. Yeah. I remember one time you, we were all fishing together on Appleton. You you two were fishing together, and then my dad and I were in our boat, and you guys were going to go somewhere else. My dad was like, no, and I got fucking pissed. I remember throwing a fit, and he ended up breaking down, and we went wherever you guys went. I, to this day, I can't remember where we went. I know we were on Appleton, though. I remember. I, I remember. It was back when Dad had that... Uh, that like fiber, white fiberglass boat. He yeah. got, he had it from uh, Lonnie or something like that. I remember we went to a. Uh, I remember one of my earliest fishing memories with Mark is uh, fishing Lime Lake. I, it, uh, I think it was called Lime Lake. Mm-hmm. It's a small little lake. Little yeah, that, camp, that little, I think that was the lake we we went to. It's a little camp, lake. little dirt. Dirt launch, yeah. dirt, dirt launch, and camp lake. It's up by Brighton. Yeah, and it was a you know maybe fifteen acres, twenty acres, something yeah. like that. That's Lime Lake. Yeah, yeah, super small. 
And uh, you gave me a spinner bait. I've had that fucking spinner bait for years. I fuck, I might have it still. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but you, you taught me how to use it, and you were like, throw it up there into the thick shit, and then just kind of slow roll it off the edge and let it kind of sink as it comes down. And so I was doing that exact same thing, and I caught a fucking dogfish. Yeah. I caught this massive dogfish. <laughs> this fucking thing was nine ten pounds. Like it was huge. And it, and it fought like no, I mean, it they, bent the fight fuck, great. It bent the yeah. shit out of that spinnerbait, just like shredded that spinnerbait. And I remember that. And I, but I've used that tactic for yeah. probably thirty years since. Like it works. I yeah. throw it up into the shit, and I teach my girls the same thing to this day. Like throw it up into that thick shit. Like you see all that crap right there? Throw it right in the middle of that shit. Yeah. Roll it right back into this, this deeper stuff because I'm always yeah. you know spinnerbaits are meant to be weedless. The deeper stuff, throwing it into the thick stuff. Yep. But yeah, I, still, I remember that as a kid. We were fishing in a small. I, you used to have like a small, like twelve footer or something it's like that. Down on my barn back there, still back there. That same boat, yeah, twelve footer. Yeah, we, we were fishing a small little twelve foot aluminum that we launched. We we'll probably pulled it out of the back of a truck yep. and something, and, and launched it ourselves out there. And yep. yeah, it was a good time. I don't remember catching much else other than that. But. I remember <laughs> when we went to Appleton. I watched Mark catch a, a bunch of pike on a uh, rattle trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a Bill Lewis rattle trap, mm-hmm. and I remember that was back when you had the the Bass Pro Shops catalog. Mm-hmm. And I remember Bobby and I used to go through there, and we'd make our fucking Christmas list <laughs> and give it to our mom and be like, "We want these." That's back when you had to actually order that shit because oh, they didn't yeah. have stores around here. That yeah. was oh, pre, dude, that was pre Cabela's down in Dundee. So like, I remember like rattle trap, banjo minnow, fucking <laughs> <laughs> the banjo minnow. Yeah. Um, God, what was the other one that we had to have? Some the build tornado. The, oh, the tornado spinner bait. I still have that thing, and I refuse to get rid of it because I've caught pike on the damn thing. You've actually caught fish on. I it? have. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the dumbest the fish ro- in the, the world, probably. Martin. But that was that was the goofiest looking lure ever. I remember. No, the goofiest lure is the knuckle bait. Have you seen that thing? No. It's oh, a that, it's like a spinner. A it's a spinner bait, but it, instead of a blade, it's got a ball yeah. with a rattle in it oh, that bounces yeah. around. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I that doesn't work either. That's a piece of shit. Had one in my hand looking at it, going, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I remember, I'm, I remember, I was at the house one day, and I'm, I, I don't know, I'm 14 years old, whatever the hell I was, and my dad was like, "Hey, get get in the truck. We gotta go. We gotta go over to Mark's." And I was like, "Okay, what the fuck's going on?" You know. So we get in, we get, in, I get in the truck, and we're driving over there. And Mark caught a nice, caught a nice pipe. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And That's where I lived in Horseshoe Lake. Yeah, we drive, we drive over to Horseshoe Lake where he's living, and in his bathtub, he's got this like 40 inch fucking northern. <laughs> and this thing was massive, biggest pike I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I was like, holy shit yeah. you know we took pictures of it and did everything we did i don't know what you did with that i let it go I, I, yeah maybe you put it back i but. had that well water in that, in that house that was just like straight iron water coming out of the ground so <laughs> he lived in that no problem i just took him back and put him back in the lake after you guys saw him. we took some fo- i had a pole is that why years. you put him in the tub just so like somebody yeah. else can see him yeah we took pictures we took pictures and shit like biggest pike i've ever seen i was like oh my god man. i caught that on a crawdad colored um, a rattle trap it was a rattle trap that Rapala used to make. It was the the ones they had in that crawdad painted color they used to make. There was it was like what it was a lipless bait, but Rapala made it. And I just just read an article in Bassmaster about in the spring these are great lures to use off of like weed edges and drop offs and rip them out of it. And I was on the north end of that lake, 
And I found a weed bed there, and man, I was just slamming pike and, and bass on that. And that's I was in a canoe, and that thing dragged me around in that canoe for about I don't know. I had a six foot lightning <laughs> rod with like twelve pound test on it, and he dragged me all over that lake on that Jesus. side before I got on the boat. <laughs> now that's thirty years ago, and you yeah. remember the lure you caught that exactly, fish on? Man. You, never you remember forget. that you read the. An article before that that spring on what lure to buy. Know, like I, I, that was a massive fucking pipe. Like, was, I was yeah, always a subscription to Bassmaster from the eighties. I mean, I I don't have it anymore. Just the last couple of years, I quit. But that was your bible for yeah. learning new techniques and yeah. and new. Well, you didn't have and, all the the fishing. No, there was uh, before the internet and, shows and all that. Stuff. I mean, you, you based all your fishing on what what's happening through Bassmaster and the tournament fishermen and whatnot and new yeah. techniques to try that yeah. and fishermen. I mean, between Al Linder and his yeah. brothers, I mean, yeah, they, they taught you all the shit you need to know about catching bass and walleye. And I, I was getting in Fisherman up until probably a year ago. Yeah. I said, a year That's still one of the I, best shows, though. In Fisherman. I know. I, I love Linder's it. Angling yeah. Edge. Like, I watch those shows over anything. It's because they're so informative. They tell you what they're... They didn't yeah. just stick with bass. Those guys yep. would take you fishing for flatheads, for crappie, for bass, yep. everything. Man. Yeah. Rusky, right. pike. I mean, mm. I just, I just bought everything. I stopped subscribing to the magazine a couple years ago. Because I I get the magazine, I'd kind of thumb through it real quick, and that was the last time I'd look at it. And like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really take much time to actually read it. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like, who like, reads magazines nowadays? Really? really? If I, I get have, woods if I have a specific question, I get on Google and I yeah. ask it. You know, I get the Michigan Woods and Water every every year, every still, week, every month, and I yeah. don't watch it. I, I don't read it. <laughs> I literally, as soon as I get that fucking or not. Or is the uh, outdoor news? I get the Michigan yeah. outdoor news. As soon as I get it, I flip it over, and I look at the lake and the lake the back. Look at the lake map. See if, on the back. Miss- See if you Wait, actually what, if you actually go what, through. What lake though. are they? What lake are they looking at? I'm yeah. like, I've never heard of this fucking lake in my life. Fuck this thing. <laughs> See, Ernie, when Ernie was still working, he'd he'd bring his in every month and leave it. You know, so I'd sit down there and I actually bored at work. I'd I'd read the whole thing. <laughs> you know, like some of the the articles in there are really good. It's yeah. just I just it, they really. I are. feel like I never have the time to read a magazine. They like, really you know. are. I bought a uh, when we went to we stopped at Frank's on the way up to Winya this year, and and I you bought uh, a magazine and you never touched the fucking thing, did you? No, I bought a. Um, what's the uh, what's the other Woods and Water? Woods and Water. Yeah, I bought Woods and Water, and. That thing sat there for three days, yeah. and then it was like that day was rainy and shitty and stuff. And Gabby was like, had this incredible cough that like wouldn't stop. And I was like, all right, we're gonna go in. We went in. It was like misty, like misty, rainy all day. And we went in, and every you know the kids may were making food and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I just you know what, I want to chill for a little bit. I just want to. I, like the whole time, I'm thinking I want to go back out. I want to go fishing again. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just going to sit here and relax for a little bit. And I grabbed that magazine. And I sat there and I read it front to back. Well, not front to back. I read the the articles I was interested yeah. in, but I actually read the articles. So you read all the turkey hunting articles. <laughs> no, I, I fucking skipped all the turkey hunting bullshit because I don't care about turkey hunting yeah, at all. No. <laughs> but but the fishing articles, like if it was about bluegill, I read it. Like I read that whole thing. It took me like an hour to get through the whole magazine, yeah. but I got well, through the, I read ha- every half of it. Ads, yeah, a yeah, lot of it, yeah. 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 But it was it, like that was the last, that was the last time I actually read a magazine. Yeah. But there's always good shit. It was in there. worth I just, it. I, I left it at the cabin. Finding the time to read it though. No. Yeah, I left it you know, at I the cabin when I left for the next guy. On so. the outdoor news, I always read the cuff and collars. 
Yeah, I do like oh, that I'm, stuff too. I'm, I'm reading like Ego read about the DNR see, violations. See if any of your buddies got busted. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, thinking, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, how are they catching people so that I can avoid this? No, I'm thinking <laughs> these guys were idiots. Yeah, <laughs> some of this yeah. shit's really they're, stupid. They're I mean, fucking yeah. stupid. Speaking yeah. of that, all right, so let's get your guys' opinions on the uh, the weights and fish scandal. Oh well, they got off easy. I think they got. Well, they, got way they, they carried that scheme out for quite a while before they were busted on it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think if they ever get a fishing license again, it'll be too soon. So No, three, I think three, years, they three years maximum yeah, suspension. Yeah. That's, that's, I, In 25, that would be a lifetime So they hit him with a felony. That was recent news I just read. So they just got convicted. So they were convicted of a felony. They were right. going to do jail time. Ten no, days. Ten days. Oh, Jesus. Never yep. mind. Ten days of jail time. $2,500 fine, but if they donate to a charity... Well, less, and they confiscated the boat that they won. Yeah, yeah it was like $120,000. It was over hundred grand the boat. Yeah, they said it was... They estimated the boat at $150,000. Well, good. Get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. official so, tournament. So yeah, again. T- ten days, ten days in jail. The fine. They lose their license for three years. The fishing yep. license for three yep. years. I think it's fair. Honestly, I, I get it. Like, well, they should be banned from any kind of tournament fishing for life. They should, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, well, they'll, they'll I don't know. That. I don't think they they'll have for... to be banned. Who the fuck's going to let these guys in? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody yeah. on a Great Lakes fishery tournament. No. And that's that's what in, they in, know. In is that Geary. circuit, which is a, yeah. is a yeah. tight circuit that knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So the moment that they try to register for a circuit, they're going to be like, fuck no. Nope. Yeah. They're like, sorry, bros. Yeah. So their, their lives they, have been they, turned upside down. Right. And, and for tournament fishermen, like, this is your life. This is what yeah, you do. Like, yeah. This is your part of this group of people. Yeah. And so now that you've been convicted, yeah. you've been tried and convicted, and everything is complete, and like, and you're stuck with that for the rest of and, your life. And three years from now, when they try to like, hey, we're back here for this walleye tournament, they're gonna be like, fuck nope, off, nope, bro. Nope. Yeah. Any fish that they bring in, they're gonna X-ray the fuck out of them. They're gonna polygraph everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're never going to be able nope. to actually do this. So they got again. 10 days in jail, but they got a year and a half of probation. And if they break probation, then they get, I think it's up to three years in jail. So it's if they like break a suspended, probation. Suspended yeah. sentence, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the dumbest thing you could fucking do either way. Yeah. Like, if, I the mean, one guy's quote absolutely. is, it was the most ignorant decision I've ever made yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think, buddy? Yeah. yeah. I've read a lot of stories about... Well played. Cheating and fishing after that scandal of all the people that said they knew of people that were doing this. <laughs> Excuse me. At, um, like, weekend potluck tournaments and whatnot where guys were hanging bass off of, you know, lines and picking them up later, fishing at other lakes and bringing the fish in. And, and so it's way more prevalent than you would think. And we've, we've taught, we've interviewed quite a few professional fishermen you know that have that have participated in different circuits throughout. You know, Bassmasters or throughout the uh, the Muskie Tournament Trail and things like that. And there's some shit that happens that mm. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, like they're like this is way more prevalent than anybody. These these guys just got caught. That's that's the only thing. This shit's happening on yeah. every single. Well, they were just if it involves money, yeah. if it involves money, somebody Someone's is going gonna to try to cheat. I'm, right. I'm glad somebody these guys owned to... up to it though. Like in the end, like they ended up like 
there's quotes in all the articles of them like apologizing, like admitting that. Yeah, but how long wow. were they doing it for before they got caught? Oh, exactly, the yeah. exactly. Yeah. They're they're saying it's the first time they did it. Bullshit. The, whole circuit, the year before that, they they won just about everything on them. Exactly. Yeah. Or Jesus. How how can you deny it? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you can't be you couldn't you can't refute it. You can't yeah. be like, well, you know, they must, we, they we actually some, caught well, these f- fish fair, and they just had some weights. Well, in that's their a, belly. No, but that's the thing though, like <laughs> you know that I've saying? said, like you know what I'm saying? Like that's how how could they prove it they that could, they that they actually took the weights and stuffed them down the, so, the fish's throat? So at the beginning of this, I played devil's advocate, right? Because knowing the yeah. legal system through my prior life like knowing how some of this stuff works like you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this that they yeah. actually put weights inside these fish in order right. to in order to right. cheat somebody else and a, 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 a real jury and, and a, a jury is really just made up of your peers and it's just a, some people that are going to have an opinion on something so if somebody, if a group is actually going to look at the law itself and say, did anybody actually witness this happening? No, but if, it, but if it, there's not a witness that it didn't happen, it's like a murder, right? Yeah, so well, if, if, a murder, if a murder occurs and I have no murder weapon, right? Say, so, so, say you find a guy dead on the side of the road and he's got a stab wound in his head, right? But I have no weapon. I have no suspect. Yeah. Or maybe I have a suspect, but I don't have a weapon. Can I actually say that this dude murdered him? Other than circumstantial evidence, right? We cannot convict people in our in our justice system. No. Based on circumstance, based on it makes the most sense that this is how it probably happened. That that is not enough for justice. Yeah. Right? So in this particular instance, like you have to take into account like who, where's the witness? Where's the actual evidence other than the weights that are inside these fish? You see what I'm saying? We we understand. We all know as fishermen, like, these dudes stuffed shit down their fucking yeah, throats yeah. to make it I happen. Mean, there's I mean, no there's no like, other way that this could have happened. I mean, if they right? found and, one And that's fish? how they can... So, and, and I said this from the beginning, they're going to plea. They're going to plea to something lesser yeah. than what they would naturally get. Yeah. Through a jury trial, because a jury, well, it, it's because a jury they, they trial may like, not convict them because. But I think they they probably the pled action? because they had like six charges up against them, and yeah. right, right. So when it you, was probably the lesser of the deal. Plea, get right. Yeah. So know, on one charge, I so think. it's like, hey, look, we can put you in prison for twenty five years, or we can put you in jail for 10 days for 10 days (laughs) and you're going to pay a fine and you're going to do this yeah and they're like all you got to do is plead guilty and this is what will happen like fuck yeah i'll plead guilty because they know they're guilty right you don't plead guilty unless you know you're guilty but at the end of the day it's what the prosecution can prove yeah and at the end of the day with this case i knew at the very beginning of it they can't prove shit they honestly it's can't. All, it's all it's all circumstantial. It's circumstantial, and, yeah. and you have to put everything together in order. And it's not hard to do in this case, right? It's no, not yeah. hard to say. Like, there's no other fucking way that walleye picked up a fucking yeah. twelve ounce weight or whatever. Yeah. And that's just one. It. Yeah. It's not, not just happen, one, but we know that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think the to convince twelve peers, yeah, to say this is exactly how these people did it, and this is exactly. The yeah. reason why they did it, so we should pronounce them guilty and sentence them to yeah. whatever the sentence is. 
This is our justice system and how it works. So you have to be able to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. And if, if there is any reasonable doubt, then any juror can say, no, it's not, that's not the way it happened. Yeah. Or I don't believe that it could have happened that way. And it could be a hung jury. It could be, it could cause a mistrial. It could, yeah. it could cause them to be exonerated completely. And it's like, so in most cases, the prosecution is going to be like, look, we know you did it. You know you did it. So instead of all this, this is what, what we could do. We go to trial, you risk this. Yeah. Or you plead guilty to this, which yeah. is way lower than the, than the actual, yeah. you know, the actual uh, crime. And so that's how they get these guys. The feds do this shit on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I, I kind of knew that at the beginning. Like, these motherfuckers are guilty. Yeah. I knew it from the from the get-go. Like, there's no doubt in anybody's yeah. mind these well, motherfuckers cheated. Those guys cheated. that were fishing with them knew that similar-sized fish, and theirs are weighing two pounds more. Yeah. Well, they've been suspected of, for, like, two years of, of cheating. Okay, well, you're, he's I mean, the same exact size but, but length The thing is, like, how? why did they put so many fucking weights in there? Well, like, it, they just... Greedy. No Wait, shit, but like you're talking they won, about, they won by pounds. It's like no, no. I mean, Matt Granny, I know you don't know weight. what the other guys have, but like you, they stuffed like a ridiculous amount of weights. Where like this five pound walleye is coming up as like ten pounds. Yep. Like, bro, you're, you're, be, you're talking about tournament walleye fishermen. These guys do this shit like for a living. Almost. I mean, I, yeah, right? I know. I'm, I'm I sure they it. all have day jobs and go to a you know they're. A, they might be a welder during the day, but yeah. for the most part, this is what they do. They know what a four-pound fish looks like. Yep. They know what a six-pound fish looks yeah. like, and there's a big difference between the two. Right. So when a when a fish that comes in that that should be a four-pound fish yeah. weighs nine pounds, you're yeah. like, there's no fucking way that yeah. that, no that fish way. weighs. The averages of we all know that. We fish. know that too from yeah. just being fishermen. Well, you even heard the crowd in like the original video, like when they start weighing their fish, like you can yeah. hear the crowd saying like. No fucking way! Like it came up as like thirty something pounds. It's like it's still my favorite video to this. Oh day. yeah, like, just we like, got weights and we got weights and fish. That had to be just a low. They they they, they were eventually going to get caught. I was glad they did, but that was fun to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad they confiscated the boat. I'm glad that they, and, and then they're recouping some money from these dudes yeah. and that they're going to do time in jail because it's, yeah. I mean, I wish know, the jail time was a little bit more, but whatever. Yeah. The fishing um, license, like I know people on Facebook were like freaked out that they even got their license. Well, the, the Ohio DNR, like their max penalty is three years. You can't lose your license forever in Ohio. DNR law. Well, Michigan, Michigan is similar too, I believe, and it's. I mean, you can. I think you can for, for a, a first, you can uh, keep a foul hooked fish for a first offense. For, I think I think that's what it is. If there's multiple offenses, I think you yeah. could lose it. But first offense, I like think no matter like an what, indefinite yeah, loss of license. Yeah. But people can but still it, fish. Without but again, a license, like whatever, period. three years they don't get to fish. That's fine. These guys are never going to fish in a tournament again. There's think, just no. Do you way. think they're not going to fish for three years? Oh, I'm sure they will. Once a piece of shit, always a piece of shit, right? You're probably going to continue to be a piece of shit. But I guess if you if you've got like a year and a half uh, jail sentence sitting on whether you violate probation or not, like you're yeah. As soon you know as what? a year guess and a half I'm, is I'm, up, though, they're like, you know, I'm going to give this shit up for a yeah. fucking couple of years. Yeah. 
I guess I don't know. Is that just like, Ohio fishing license? Because they can go out of state. No, they can go just, out of state. Yeah, it's just Ohio. It's just Ohio. They could just so they motor up, up in Michigan and yeah. Yeah. yeah, or Pennsylvania, New York, yeah. Canada. They probably won't let them in the country. No, it's, it's, yeah, they, they probably. Well, I don't know the probation. I don't. The probation I want to say was part of the felony. So I don't know how that all pertains because that would be. Wouldn't that be federal? What's that? The 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 because it was a felony. No, state. No, unless you broke a federal it could be a, crime. It's just, unless yeah. you broke a federal crime, you cross state lines or something like that. That's like, the thing with Lake Erie. You're crossing like three different state lines. Unless, Who knows? If, if the tournament existed in multiple state lines, then it could be a federal crime. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it wasn't it's a waterway. It, it wasn't. It was it was tried on a uh, on a Ohio. state level. Yeah, yeah. Cuyahoga. I thought one of the biggest so, things you're really getting in trouble for was using walleye, stuffing actual walleye fillets down the fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the, like the bigger thing. Because it's not necessarily the fraud and shit. That wanting was, ways that to consider that when he they used yeah. that is right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the the top off this story is there's another story where guys in Michigan just got caught, or no, one guy got caught at the Sucker Fest. Do you hear about that? I, I fucking heard it. You no. guys sent it in like our group text or something. Yeah, and the something. Sucker Festival, they do a big tournament there. Well, and over? a guy was stuffing yeah. weights in, a, in fucking suckers. Oh, my God. Yeah, this it just happened like weeks ago. He's just trying to get but it. It was like $1,000 was the winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? It was like $1,000 or something. Big money. Yeah, but they they he didn't even get in trouble or anything like he got kicked out of the tournament. But because I think there wasn't like a size limit or a possession limit or anything like that with the suckers, like he didn't get anything from the DNR. Oh, boy. But he obviously got kicked out of the tournament. But like after all this shit happens and then you see it again, it's, it's a doggy dog world. It's just stupid. It's just dumb. Like, come on, people. Stupid. Oh, man. Well, I think we've been uh, been on here for a while there. Probably wrap it up for the night. Tom, you got any final words or well, thank you for having any, me. any other comments or anything? Nope. I first time been. on a podcast? Yeah, first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> first time ever. Were you nervous? No. 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 Our podcasts are pretty laid back. Yeah. Sometimes we get people on here and they're like, oh, I'm so nervous to get on here. And I'm like... You'll realize it's just guys sitting around um, talking bullshit, yeah, talking yeah. fishing. Yeah. What, what we've been doing all our life. Talking yeah. about Either fishing. we'd be sitting on the couch doing this, now we're just recording it, and I, yeah. get, to, I, got a mic I get to post it. So. I just get a mic in front of my face, and that's there you it. Go. There you go. i got to get some better mic set up so we can sit on the couch and do it. It's a little more comfortable. <laughs> Wireless ones, take them out and do it for the boat. Oh, yeah, I, you know, yeah. dude, I, I thought about it, because some of the podcasts I listen to, they do it like either out in the field or on the boat, and I'm like... I don't know how they do that with the wind though. Like the you'd have wind to, would be hard to you'd have to have some better mics, some better a better sucks. setup than what I got. So well, maybe hopefully we can do them up at the cabin. There you go. This year, there you go. I like that. We'll have a, a break-in session up at the cabin and yeah. uh, and uh, do a podcast up there, a welcome podcast. So yeah, very cool. Well, I'm glad to be here with you again. Hopefully, yeah. this year will be a more productive year than last year. And let's plan that trip to Muskegon River and catch some uh, muskies. Yeah, let's I'm do in. It. I don't think Keith would be in though. No, 
I don't Keith. care if Keith goes or not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he decides when he's going to be there at the last minute. Yeah. He'll show up if he really wants He'll show up later. Yeah, Keith's not much. Oh, he's he's not really much into musky fishing, I don't think. He seems like he's just a bass guy. Yeah. He, anytime we go out and fish musky with him, he'll bring his equipment and... He doesn't have a, a bunch of stuff. He knows I got a bunch of stuff, so it doesn't matter. But he'll throw for 30 minutes, and just all of a sudden I'll see him put it down, and he'll grab that lipless bait and start chucking, <laughs> chucking for bass or something else, and a spinner bait. And I'm like, I just don't give up that he's easy. He's a catcherman, no. not a fisherman. He's got to be catching I mean, I'll, fish. I'll bring us a bass rod because I get tired of throwing one pound baits mm. <laughs> you get you where's yow it so does. we did that at the and we both brought like a bass rod just so, in case yeah i didn't know i don't i, I never did, grabbed it i never grabbed you it. guys were dedicated throwing well i mean most here. i was using my lighter musky setup and i was throwing Spinner, smaller bucktails bucktail. like so it wasn't like heavy baits it wasn't anything yep. crazy i was throwing like you know some smaller crankbaits like yeah, so there wasn't anything between, major that was like backbreaking like i'm not throwing bulldogs and that's the big difference from throwing yeah. pounders you know yeah so yeah. we we did yeah. a lot of trolling too like those second and third days when the bite was slow i'm yeah. like fuck it let's troll man yeah. and that's how we caught two of the fish was just trolling just said, yeah. screw it we learned a lot in in musky fishing Taquamina river like yeah. learned a lot about like how to like how to pick apart a piece of water that we have no fucking clue. We of. figured out pretty quick that they weren't it wasn't the wood, it was the vegetation that they were right. Yeah. Into. It was yeah. it was weeds, it was eddies, so it was it was, you know, coming around a bend and you'd see some weeds on the side, like that's money, like that's what you want to hit. That's where we yeah. were hitting fish. Not even just musky though, like generally like any of the bank we caught, fish, like yeah, we're right was, tight to weeds and shit. It was so. tight to weeds and it was it was off yeah. current. It was on, on the inside of turns and things like yeah, that. I mean, so we it was like, like we learned a lot about that river in like in a short period yeah. of time, like very quickly figured out like, all right, yeah. this is what we need to do. And like, so now we got a game plan for this fall, yep. <laughs> and it'll be a whole different fucking fishery. And they'll so be who, tight to cover, tight to stumps, and we yeah. we no, came move. we <laughs> came back from that trip, and I think we, I think we both both probably dropped a couple hundred dollars in musky lures because we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, just we're like, I, this we is, were this is what we need. We were un, I felt I was underprepared for uh, for Tequamina, and I, yeah. so I have increased my arsenal of just smaller bucktails and some smaller crankbaits. Yeah, smaller and, and I will likely like buy more before this next trip. <laughs> smaller, but not like pike and yeah. bass small. Yeah. Like a little bit bigger. Like 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 your like your musky killers and stuff like that yeah. was great. Like yeah. that mm-hmm. like the yeah. the map stuff was awesome. Oversized spinnerbait. Those spinnerbaits we bought at Jays, those lungeon spinnerbaits, like those yeah. are great. And yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have to make Jays a stop again. Well you won't be there, so I'll stop for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you. If you never have enough musky lures. You know, I, you know I think I'm there. I'm real close to being there. <laughs> I'm really, really close. I'm, to right, I'm well, right, at, close. right at the max. You in that special bait box I showed you when I first moved in, you said it was kind of empty. It's full. I can't put anything else in it. I was at Frank's a couple weeks ago, and I was looking for another one. They didn't have them in stock. Yeah. I was impressed with Jay's selection. Yeah, yeah, Jay's had really some really good stuff there, and they were yeah. decent. They were fairly cheap too. Yeah, they weren't expensive. Yeah. Well, Bob, we're wrapping up. Uh, why don't you uh, grab the snort bottle and we'll send it out with a snort? Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he's Mark's been eyeballed it. <laughs> oh, there. He's like, I haven't had that shit since there. college. 
<laughs> Who's sending it? You can send it. Or whoever wants to send it. I'll send, I'll send her. Snark! I got my eight-year-old doing that, like, way too good. <laughs> my wife's actually going to make She took one of my empty bottles, and she's going to clean it all out. And put like a label with his name, like Jackson Snort, and I'll be able to put like apple juice or something like that and dye it green. I'm like, I am not posting any fucking videos of of him taking snorts out of a bottle. So that was like Kool Aid, man. What the hell is that? Take it back around and kill it. I'm not taking that home. There you go. Take the quarter out, Mark. Take the quarter there out. Go. Oh, there we I go. I hear that's good for your arteries. It really cleans them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it thins out the blood. Keep moving. Woo! <laughs> All right, Bob, final comments. Oh, man. It was good uh, catching up fun. with you. Catching up with you guys. Coming up with some new ideas. That's what I like. Uh, New we're definitely spots. looking forward to uh, hitting the west side of the state. I would west love. I would love to. It's, it's not far. Mm. It's not far. I don't know why we don't fucking do this. Especially you guys. You're fucking half hour west already. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. for us, it's even. I, I live four miles from Mark, so it's yeah. like we could we can be there in yeah. a couple hours and be. be There's a lot awesome of water really there water. that you guys have not experienced, and you're really enjoying. It, it it really sounds. I, I need something other than like Portage Lake and exactly. Base Lake yeah. and I don't like get motivated to fish around South here. Lake I just don't. I yeah. I, I really have a really don't. hard time. I don't. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. I have a day off work. I'm like, oh, I can go fish so, Wolverine or Kent Lake, and like, ah, fuck, I've done it so many yeah. times. We do we do this winter trip, and like we're kind of spoiled with it because it's it's an awesome fishery and it's, it's great. It's great, like. It's exactly how we love to fish, mm-hmm. and like, but there's nothing around here that is anything like that. Nope. So it's like, what you guys are talking about on the west side of the state sounds exactly like that. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like our kind of our kind of fishing, which is like shore busting, hitting structure, and and impoundment type water. Like that's what we love to do, and I, I love to hit it. I, I like to explore new waters too. That's kind of a big thing of mine. So. I'm excited about it. I think we should definitely set something up, even if it's just a day. If it's a day trip, shit, I'm I'm down. Like, I I, yeah. I get it. Like, all of our schedules are fucked up all the time, and like, but if we can make it a two day trip, I'll do a yeah. weekend. Like, yeah, I, I can I can squeeze some out. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But yeah. I I do have to have notice marks. So give me. <laughs> hey, hey, we're going to, we're going out to Hardy Dam today, and I'm like leaving in thirty minutes. Leaving in thirty minutes. Let's go. And I'm like, bro, I'm. I'm not even off work yet. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a little more advanced notes. So. Yeah, like, hey, ne- next weekend we're gonna hit we're gonna hit Croton or Hardy Dam or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, yeah let's do it. I, I definitely want to yeah. do that. So, other than that, I don't have anything. Uh, this was a this was a good time. So, uh, yeah. keep your legs crossed, your mind on Jesus. <laughs> oh, I think Monday we might be going a little birthday trip to St. Clair. Yeah, right, yeah, your brother here. Yes, sir. Oh, That's the plan. If, if the weather cooperates, because I ain't going out in this shit we went out in last yeah. year. <laughs> if, it, if it's less than 15 mile an hour sustained winds yeah. gust, then it's good. The winds right now are showing west winds, which if we're going to be pretty tight to the west shore, I mean, we're, we should be good. They should be fine. All of a sudden, it'll switch. It'll be south wind and 30 miles per hour, and my ass will sleep in on my birthday. Yeah, as long as it's not east, I'll yeah. be happy. That'll be, be my birthday present. Go out there and just slay the, the smallmouth. Hey, my birthday's yeah. on Tuesday. Call so, in. Let's go. When's your birthday? We're a day apart. That's <laughs> it? His is the 15th. Mine's the 16th. Oh, yeah. I forgot they were that close. Yeah, Jesus. yeah mine was the 4th. 
The same as my dad? Really? Really? Yeah, and my brother. May the fourth be with you. Yeah. My brother is the fourth, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. Your parents had good timing. (laughs) (laughs) Impeccable timing. Different mothers. Your dad's got impeccable timing. Yeah. Your dad is on point. Yeah. There's a certain day of the year he was on on one particular day. You should probably figure that out. When's his birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. On that note, I'll wrap it up. Uh, Yeah, this was fun. I knew it would be. Uh, We should do another one right before Tequamanon. Do like a little prep one. That or do one up there. Or if we could do We're too trip, fucking tired we'll up there. Up to you, a, yeah, we'll probably be too tired. West Side <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, I like, learned. Like, like you just what? said, like, let's, let's do like let's do a West Side trip, and then we can follow up West Side trip, and then even do a – There you go. Do a Taquamanon trip, like too. I like it. Yeah, I learned at, the, at Winya that I'm not taking the podcast shit on trips anymore because they're too fucking tired to do a podcast. Yeah, there's no time for that shit. We plan on doing one every day up at Winya, and it was just like we get in at 8.30 at night, cook dinner, and Beat. nobody wants – nobody even sat around the fire. Like, we were also whooped from fishing. Like, yeah. Yep. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not taking the podcast shit up there anymore. (laughs) Too much shit to haul. I'd rather just focus on the fishing, and then we can explain explain all our mishaps afterwards. Yeah, that's the fun. We got phones. We can record record ourselves. But, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll get on the west side. We'll do a recap, do a Taquamanon prep episode. Let's do it. That'd be a good time. So other than that, I don't have anything. So uh, get outdoors and don't be terrible. Get your lines wet and get heavy. (laughs) Go. I'll I'll let him close out with that.